Expected to vote on the move before the general election. If approved, the new law would come into force next year. A report says staff at Watford General Hospital failed to follow their own rules, leaving a double-stroke patient in filthy conditions. The hospital says it's taking action to stop the poor treatment suffered by 76-year-old Eric Weatherly from happening again. More from Matt Lockwood. Lara Weatherly raised the alarm after visiting her father at Watford General back in October. She found him sitting on a pressure cushion covered with someone else's urine and faeces. In a report, health bosses say staff at Watford General failed to follow their own rules. They've come up with a series of recommendations to prevent a repeat of what happened to Mr Weatherly. A photograph of a topless woman has appeared on page three of The Sun for the first time in nearly a week. There had been unconfirmed reports that the newspaper had dropped the long-running feature. A court order has been granted stopping anyone entering a house in Aylesbury over the next three months. Thames Valley Police applied for the order following numerous complaints about antisocial behaviour at the house in Keats Close. It also means the person who lives there cannot go into their own home. The Coronation Street actor William Roach paid an emotional tribute at the National Television Awards last night to Anne Kirkbride, who played his wife Deirdre in The Soap and who died on Monday. Among the award winners were Scylla star Sheridan Smith, EastEnders Danny Dyer, The Great British Bake Off, The X Factor, Anton Deck and Alan Carr. People need to tell me if I'm winning things because I need to you know, and it's chat show hours, it's like someone who thinks on their feet someone... <laughs> People must be going, we voted for that. In sport, a late penalty from Andros Townsend gave Tottenham a 1-0 win over Sheffield United in the first leg of their League Cup semi-final at White Hart Lane. The weather, a cold start with patchy fog, slow to clear, then a dry day with most places seeing some wintry sunshine, a maximum temperature 4 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Gosh, those awards. It it sounds like just the list of the worst television programmes in the world. You a fan of the Chatty Man Scoins? Uh, no. There we go, you see. And he's the political reporter here at BBC Three Counties, so that's the official line of the BBC. The BBC hates the chatty man. That's right, isn't it, Paul? Uh, officially, yeah. Officially, we hate him, yes. Although I met him and he was actually very nice, Paul, so I think your uh, condemnation of him is a little bit harsh, heavy-handed and unfair. Well, I don't know what we're talking about. He's also from Northampton, like me. We're brothers. Wow. You do look alike. Thanks. It's the, uh, the gap in the teeth. Yeah. And the fact that you're so chatty. And a man. So what's coming up on the show today? Let me uh, click some buttons and tell you. Waiting lists, dirty spots missed, and Justin Dealey's out on the streets. 08459... Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. You're in here early. Hey, hey, I tell you what, look, we're going to first song. It's going to be this track number one off this CD, a freebie from a magazine. I never normally like the freebie CDs from a magazine, but I, was, I just couldn't listen to a poisonous, hideous presenter on another radio station as I was driving in this morning. Steve Allen. Uh, so uh, I put that on. That was in my car. I put it on. Track one's a cracker. Do you want to introduce it, Paul? Uh, well, this is Little Richard, and the girl can't help it. OK, great practice. Let's do it for real. Well, this uh, influenced David Bowie, according to the uh, title of the CD, and it's by an uh, artist called Little Richard. Uh, the track is called uh, The Girl Can't Help It. It's number one on the CD, and um, you're just going to hear it now. Can't help it, the girl can't help it. 
if she's smiling, and beef steak become well done. Can't help it, girl, can't help it. She made grandpa feel like 21. Can't help it, the girl can't help it. The girl can't help it, she was born to please. Can't help it, the girl can't help it. And if I go to hell, I'll be in the knees. She can't help it, the girl can't help it. Oh, won't you kindly be aware that I can't help it? I can't help it. Rock and roll. It's only rock and roll, but I tell you what, I don't like it. Now, a Stevenage woman's been told a change in the rules means she no longer qualifies for a council house. Tricia Markell moved to Stevenage in 2007, but has been taken off the waiting list because for part of that time she lived in neighbouring Nebworth Gate. Well, as of last week, she'd have to have been living in the borough for five years uninterrupted. Well, our uh, political reporter, Paul Scoynes, has been looking into this. Paul, what's happened to Tricia? Well, she's uh, fallen foul of these rule changes, which, as you say, only came in a week ago or so. But it uh, has meant that Stevenage Borough Council has made the criteria to be on the waiting list far more strict. As you say, they now say uh, that you have to have been living in the borough for five years continuously and unfortunately even though Tricia moved down from Northamptonshire in 2007 she's lived at the furthest distance just two miles in the centre of uh, Stevenage Uh, she's now facing eviction from her uh, uh, from her house and she's effectively going to be made homeless Uh, and Stevenage Borough Council will not put her on the waiting list because living just two miles outside of the town um, she technically is in another area so isn't eligible mm. to be on their waiting list. What's the council saying about all of this? Well they say that uh, some householders have been removed from this register because they don't meet the criteria they've written to all of them uh, and they also say that uh, they can make a written request for that decision to be uh, reviewed but what they're saying is the reason they've changed it all is because they don't have enough homes, they say they've got around four and a half thousand people on a waiting list and that's the reason that they've put this local policy on local homes for local people if you like um and they say that the uh, you know the scheme has been consulted upon and uh, that was what residents wanted now uh, i mean we'll go into the what the government have said about this slightly later but the uh, uh, leader um, of stevenage borough council sharon taylor has been explaining uh, on bbc three counties last week why the rule changes have come in as a result of feedback from our tenants people on our waiting list and other residents of stevenage now we will give priority to people who've lived or worked in Stevenage for at least five years it has been the result of it 
you know, extensive consultations with those on our waiting register, and they support this, and we think it's the right thing to do as as the, the housing gets increasingly scarce. Of course, we have to have a flexible scheme because every family that applies to us is different, and it must be flexible enough to deal with those different requirements. I would imagine, you know, housing, as we constantly hear, is a problem, that other councils are doing similar things. Would that be right? Yeah, we had a look around uh, yesterday, uh, Ian, and, and it is a common pattern in Luton, for example, uh, you have to have lived in the town for three years and worked in the town for 12 months to be on the waiting list. In Central Beds, it's also three years. Same in Milton Keynes as well. You have to have been uh, uh, working there for the last two years in uh, Milton Keynes. Bedford Borough Council, also three years. In Watford, another sort of fellow Hertfordshire Council, uh, they also uh, insist on five years. Um, so it does vary from place to place. It makes sense. And I don't think many people would necessarily... We often hear of, you know, um, uh, the, the London overspill being pushed out in, in Milton Keynes and Luton. So it kind of makes sense. Mm. Uh, I guess that what um, seems unfair about this is the fact that it's being employed retrospectively mm. uh, and that she was only two miles out of the, of the, the boundary. Well, that's it. And, and, you know, she's worked in and around Stevenage mm. since 2007. And uh, what's interesting is the gov- all of this has changed because of some government advice right. that was published in April uh, of 2013. And what that said is that the government welcomed the idea that uh, that you had a sort of local residency requirement uh, and they said that the uh, minimum should be probably at least two years. Now, obviously, Stevenage Borough Council has gone far Mm. further than that. What they also say, though is that uh, housing authorities uh, should perhaps consult with their neighbours and they may want to adopt what they say is a broader residency test, uh, which would mean if an applicant lived in one of the partner districts, they would also be uh, eligible too. And clearly, Tricia would do. She Mm. lived, I think it comes under North Hearts District Council. So that would mean, you know, according to the government advice, it's not guidelines, they haven't said you must do this, but the government advice is clear that councils should consider because of you know an economic area is not just within the uh, you know the environs of a borough yeah. council it's also people live outside and they come in as indeed trisha did so um she's hoping that uh, that i think she might be looking at an appeal process but at the moment she's in a desperate situation where if she doesn't find um new accommodation you know, within a month or so, she's going to be homeless. And then, Gosh. you know, that's an additional problem for the council to pick yeah. up, which it will have to do. But Then they would have to find her. Well, they would have to. But again, there's some other, there's some rules around homelessness about oh. a residency, how long you've lived in an area for, uh, for, for homelessness, to, to qualify for a homelessness register too. And I think for Stephen, it's, it's two years and she's just, I think, a couple of months shy of that. Paul Scoyne, thank you very much. <laughs>
local news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 anti-clockwise, there's a lane closed around Junction 19 for Watford because of a lorry that's broken down there and uh, it's making it quite busy heading towards Heathrow. Having a look at the motorways on the cameras and uh, looking at the M40, it's all looking quite clear and moving well at the moment. And on the speed sensors on the A1 Roxton around the Black Cat roundabout, there's some temporary traffic lights there which could cause some delays later on, but it's looking fine at the moment. In Beaconsfield on Park Lane, there are stop-go boards at Candlemas Lane, Candlemas Lane and that could cause some delays later on this morning as well as it starts to get busier. No problems reported so far on the trains. So, so far, Samantha. So far. So far. So far. Well, well, hopefully it'll stay that way. But how can anyone know? Exactly. So far. So far. Do you know what? (laughs) No problems reported so far. So far. That's what I'm saying. So far, there are no problems. I just think that you are uh, giving false hope to commuters. Well, if there are no problems reported. So far. So far. So far. So, but maybe somebody knows how well, to find a no, problem. No, I mean, what you've said is there are no problems reported so far. Yeah. And do you not think that's giving false hope to commuters? Well, um, mm, I don't think it's mm, really a very hopeful message because it's kind of like you're saying so wrong. Yeah, you're saying it's not. You're saying so yet. far. What you're saying is basically so far. So far, it's fine. Okay, well, just maybe think about the words. Just think about the words. You, people, okay. people look up to you. People look up to you, Sammy, and I just you think. Can't see me? No, no. But they can hear you, and in their heads, they're looking up to you. And you say so far, and people are going, "Well, what does that mean?" So, just to clarify, the trains are okay. Well, I wouldn't want to say that so far, and then and then it go wrong. You're so, tempting so fate now. So so There's so no far. Reports of any problems? There, okay, so there are ah, it gets vaguer. There are no <laughs> reports so far. So things could have go wrong. You may just not have had the reports. Well, that is that's that can happen. Yeah. Wow. Jeez. <laughs> How do you sleep at night? Sometimes I dream about travel news. On that, on that bombshell. So far. 6.17, it's, uh, is it Thursday today? Yeah. yeah, why not? The 22nd of January, I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio so far. Stevenage Borough Council is defending its new housing policy, which has seen some people kicked off the waiting list for not living in the area long enough. Tobacco manufacturers have criticised the introduction of non-branded cigarette packets, claiming it won't affect smoking rates. And a report says staff at Watford General Hospital failed to follow their own rules, leaving a double-stroke patient in filthy conditions. BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday from three. Let's talk about your story. They're little globules of uh, it's chocolate. What is that sticking out of that? That's the abdomen of oh. the ant. Roberto Peroni. Film critic Richard Fitzwilliams. Welcome to the programme. Richard, will you be watching Rambo 5? They are unsubtle, they are silly, and they do not appeal. Overweight people are being ignored, humiliated and insulted on a regular basis. When you're in the supermarkets, people watching what you're picking up and passing comments. Can I ask you, please? It. What does it cost to have a cycle of IVF when you decide, well, I have to have children? It all totaled uh, to nearly £25,000. When you're in such a low and desperate place, you'll do anything. Roberto Peroni on BBC Three Counties Radio.
Watford General says it's taking action to stop the poor treatment of a 76-year-old stroke patient from happening again. The hospital has apologised after admitting staff failed to follow rules, leaving uh, Eric Weatherly in filthy conditions. Well, Catherine, you've been looking into this one. Remind us what happened to Mr Weatherly. Yeah, and a while ago we spoke to his daughter, didn't we? She brought this case to us. Um, 76-year-old Eric Weatherly had a double stroke, and that was followed by a serious urine and lung infection. So he was admitted to an isolation room in the acute admissions unit on October the 4th. Now, a week later, on the 11th of October, his daughter, Lara, went to visit him just as the nurses were putting him to bed. And that's when she noticed that the pressure cushion that he'd been sitting on was dirty, and that's an understatement, really, because it was covered in someone else's mess. Mm. Um, Lara believes staff must have known about it because it had been covered up with a sheet. Yeah, this was a horrible story. She also told us about other incidents when nurses showed a lack of compassion, didn't she? Yeah, she said that her, her dad had complained to one of the nurses that it was cold one night. Um, he'd asked for a blanket, and the nurse replied, can't you get your wife to bring hey, a blanket in? Get your wife to bring a blanket in. Um, on another occasion, he'd soiled himself, but the night staff didn't clean him properly. Oh, she dear. says he, they couldn't be bothered to clean him properly. I suppose that's all. Um, that's all subjective. Eric Weatherly was discharged on the 17th of October and just before he was about to leave the ward, again, he, he opened his bowels and Lara said that the staff didn't clean him properly and he was sent home in a dirty hospital gown. She just feels that her father was stripped of his dignity. When someone goes into hospital, I mean, whether they've had a stroke or not, it's not a very nice experience and you should be made as comfortable as possible. You should be treated as kindly as possible. It really isn't happening and no, when you come in and you've seen your father crying, you know, and he's always got some something's happened, you know, they've said this to me and they've not cleaned me up. You, you just 
wouldn't treat, even treat an animal like that. It's just awful. So what was the root cause of these problems? Well, the report says staff at Watford General failed to follow their own rules and they breached infection control policy. With regard to the cushion that was covered in someone else's filth, the staff member on duty did not check the cushion, according to the report. Had it been checked, they would have found the cushion dirty and would have cleaned it up before placing it back on the chair. So no explanation as to how the sheet ended well, up on Yeah, it. why was it covered in a sheet then? Um, when it comes to Eric Weatherly being discharged in a dirty hospital gown, a staff member had not thought about changing the gown after he soiled himself and on reflection realised her mistake and has profusely apologised for any distress... I, just, uh, I mean, these are obvious, basic things. Uh, what have the health bosses done to avoid a repeat of what happened? Well, an action plan uh, has been put action in place. Action plans. Lessons will be learnt from this. OK, so this is according to the action plan. Staff must ensure all equipment used by patients is checked and cleaned daily, especially if they become soiled for any reason. You'd think that was standard, wouldn't you? Staff must ensure that patients are dressed in their own clothes when discharged to preserve their dignity. And finally, staff must clearly communicate all medical plans with patients and their families. Professor Tracy Carter, who's the Chief Nurse and Director of Infection Control and Prevention, said, I would like to reiterate our sincerest apologies to Mr Weatherly and his family for the care he received at Watford Hospital last October. We certainly, sorry, we clearly did not meet the high standards I would expect. Mm. I hope these changes provide reassurance to Mr Weatherly and his family that we've taken their concerns seriously and that we're committed to learning from the feedback we received. Lessons will be learned. Well, I hope this, these, these changes provide reassurance. The first one being staff must ensure all equipment used by patients are clean daily. Well, flipping heck. Well, I, I would imagine if I'm angry by this, Lara must be furious. Yeah, we'll be speaking to her later on. She Good. doesn't think much of it at all. Lara was expecting something much more substantial and can't believe that some staff weren't doing this anyway, as you say. Uh, we sent a copy of the action plan to the chair of MRSA Action UK, Derek Butler. He'll also be on later. Um, he told us not only should the content of the action plan be standard practice by the staff, it doesn't even come close to co- covering any action plan to prevent what happened to her father. And I have no doubt that this sort of thing will be repeated unless a proper action plan is put in place. They'll learn nothing from this and I can imagine that no one has passed on to any anyone across the trust of what has happened so they learn from their mistakes. Gosh. Okay, there we go. Uh, this is a good song. It's Sparks. i 
Anti-clockwise, there's a lane that's been blocked around Junction 19 for Watford, so that's causing it to be very busy uh, heading towards Heathrow. On the A1 in Roxton around the Black Cat roundabout, it's all looking fine so far on the speed sensors because uh, of the roadworks there. It could get busy later on. And in High Wycombe on the A40 Oxford Road, expect delays around the roadworks at Oxford Street affecting both directions. On the trains, the 641 train from Luton to Crewe has been cancelled. Samantha Ruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Ah, so the ah, there has been do, a problem. What do you see now? Well, your words are uh, uh, like precious jewels that you just threw away in the dirt. Well, it wasn't well, a problem, and now there is a problem. Well, you, it was so far. <laughs> so far. You, so not so well, good. Well, there's not, not, not a problem now. Okay. Not no problems on the train so there's far. There's not is a problem no prob- on the train. There's not no problems on the train as reported so far. Makes sense. Wow, you're the BBC for the moment. You'll be talk sport later, but just, you know, come on, mind yourself. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Stevenage Borough Council is defending its new housing policy, which has seen some people kicked off the waiting list for not living in the area long enough. A single mother says she's been removed despite living in the area since 2007. The British Medical Association has welcomed the government's decision to ban branding on cigarette packaging. MPs will vote on legislation before May's general election. A report says staff at Watford General Hospital failed to follow their own rules, leaving a double-stroke patient in filthy conditions. And there's a topless woman back on page three of The Sun. There had been unconfirmed reports that the newspaper had dropped the long-running feature. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. A lay penalty from Andros Townsend gave Tottenham a 1-0 win over Sheffield United in the first leg of their League Cup semi-final at White Hart Lane. Here's the Sheffield boss, Nigel Clough. Pleased with the, the way we worked and how we restricted Spurs to a, a few opportunities. Uh, but we thought it was on for a 0-0 tonight and then even in that last 10 minutes uh, to go and get a goal ourselves. Uh, so happy in lots of ways, uh, certainly with the performance and the work rate. Uh, but I think we can do a bit better. Watford are still just seven points off the top of the Championship after leaders Bournemouth lost on Tuesday. Last night it was the turn of third place Dipswich to miss out as they went down 3-2 at Brighton. The updated annual list of the world's 40 highest earning football clubs includes for the first time all 20 sides playing in the English Premier League last season. Deloitte, the accountants 
consultancy firm which produced the study says their wealth is because of a record television deal. More from Andy Swiss. The study provides one of the starkest illustrations yet of the Premier League's wealth. Of the world's ten highest earning teams last season, five are English, Manchester United, Manchester City, Chelsea, Arsenal and Liverpool. And the top 40 includes all 20 Premier League clubs. Deloitte say it's the result of a new £3 billion TV deal, which means the team finishing bottom of the table, as Cardiff City did last year, receives more in broadcast revenue than the champions did in 2013. And at the Australian Open tennis, number one seed Novak Djokovic and defending champion Stan Wawrinka are both through to the third round after straight sets wins. BBC Three Counties News and Sport, the next full bulletin is at seven. BBC Three Counties Radio. See, I don't think there's a lot in the papers today. There's, uh, there's, there's enough on uh, page 19, I reckon. Of uh, the mail. Go on then. What you got? Criminal record for neighbour who threw water over children on trampoline. Hey. Right. Annoying. Yeah. They always up against someone's fence. Yeah. If they're up against yours. You won't like it. Having someone up against your fence really is... You don't, I don't like that. Well, Splinters. Apart from anything else, yes. It started as a feud between two neighbours over the noise of children playing on a trampoline. Yeah. Now the row has ended up in court after one of the women threw water from an upstairs window. Ooh. Aye, OK. I mean, there's a little bit of a forethought there, isn't yeah. there? Yeah. Which splashed over her neighbour's children. Yeah. Michelle Dodd, 38, was charged with assault... Doddy. Following the long-standing dispute with next-door neighbour Afshan Iqbal, it began when uh-huh. Dodd complained about Mrs Iqbal's four young children making too much noise Ooh. while playing on a trampoline in the garden of their home in Stockport. And she got done for assault? She got done for assault. Good. I remember when I lived in London... Um, and we had, we had... She reckons she was just emptying a bowl of water put out for her cat. Yeah, because it goes out sideways, doesn't it, silly? Good, I'm glad she got done for assault. Uh, and we had a really nice garden in London, which was quite rare. And uh, my uh, eldest, who would have been two at the time, probably, was hysterical. You know the way two-year-olds get hysterical? And I had him in the oh, garden yeah, and I, I was comforting him. And he was hysterical and obviously distressed. Making a lot of noise. And someone shouted, Will you shut that bloody kid up? Wow. I immediately replied, Will you shut the F up? Why don't you come out here and say that? And I got quite aggressive and I, I immediately went upstairs to the vantage point to the post and looked, couldn't see anybody. Couldn't see anybody. But I think I know what house it was and I was going to go around there and knock on the door and I was, I was talked down from it. You've you got kids next door, it can be annoying, but do you know what? Tough. You, you can't have kids being quiet. But your uh, boy, it was a one-off, wasn't it? If yeah. They're per- if they're permanently. The kids. I know. Uh, we, we respect times. You, you know, you don't go out in the garden at nine o'clock on a Sunday morning Precisely. shouting and screaming. And you know, kids get up early in the morning. I, yeah. don't let my, I don't release mine into the wild until a reasonable hour on a and, weekend. And if, if, they're be, you know, if they're being feral, we kind of say, hey, hey, lads, just come on, turn yeah. the volume down a little bit. I don't let them scream in the back garden either. No, 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 no. No, you have to. You have Even to if the them. slide is exciting, we yeah. do not scream. Well, but, but I mean. <laughs> I don't like these trampolines. These are, so many people are, I'm going to say it, probably killed on trampolines. If uh, not killed, certainly injured. Mm. There's lots of injuries on trampolines. And I know that because I've seen uh, the documentary about it called You've Been Framed. Yeah, I've seen that too. Uh, and people are constantly... people who've had too many, um, what do you call it? Beers. Yeah, I don't let my kids drink. No. Not until they're seven. No. Um, but they're always injuring themselves on those things. Why yeah, would, it's cause trampol- usually from abusing the springs, isn't it? That you would end yourself. Trampolines, uh, they're never f- so up and down, up and down. So what? Where's the fun in that? Well, I mean, uh, 
yeah, but you know, if you are a child, up and down is quite good. Nah, no, nah, I'm not having it. You've got you've got relatively few options. Ban the trampoline is is uh, is is my advice to everyone. I just think that, and also because tr- trampolines in a gymnasium or a youth club, they're quite expensive. The the, the, the kind of blue. What's that? What's that even made of? Is that like loads of elastic bands sewn together? Some, you can get some sweet air on those, can't you? Yeah, exactly. Although, oh, if you get your leg trapped between the, Is. but the ones you buy for the garden, let's be honest, they're rubbish. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're rubbish, and, they're, and the fact that they're in, a, you have to be in a net. That's a, a European thing that you've got to have a net around them to stop you flying. But saying that, I can see that the benefit would be that they are absolutely shattered by the time they come in, so you get quiet, quiet evenings. Yeah bit more wine. Hey, you fancy um, a, a rubbish Michael Jackson song? No. Hey. Oh, let's not play that. What? It's really... Oh. Unless you're going to do the Jarvis Cocker halfway through. No, I'm not going to do that. Remember that? That was an exciting week in pop. The he same, was fun, wasn't he? The same week in pop, um, Bjork beat up someone who was taking pictures of her at an airport. Yeah, she went mad, didn't she? It was an, it was an exciting week in pop. Let's see what we've... Uh, is, there, is, that, is there anything else on that CD? I yeah. I don't know if there is anything that was worth playing. Hang on. Um... Oh, this is quite a good one. Hang on a second. This is quite a good one. Although you lose a bit of respect for Mr. T once you hear this song. Oh, really? Why? He's not as clever as you thought. I pity the fool. I say I pity the fool Well, I pity the fool, yeah I said I pity the fool That falls in love with you And expect you to be true Oh, I pity the fool Mr. T, he doesn't seem the creative force that he was. He just nicked it off Bobby Bland. 
Not Nina Simone, by the way, which is who I thought it was. He nicked it off Bobby Bland. Don't tell me that on this CD there's also I Ain't Getting No Playing Fool. <laughs> and there's a song. There's also a song in there called Quick Let's Drug the Milk, <laughs> but give the drugged milk to Murdoch so that Mr T thinks he's got the drugged milk and does a switcheroo. That's not on there. That would be a crazy title. Well, it would be a great title for a song. Why did he continue to accept the milk? Surely after the first few <laughs> times you would get wise. He loved milk. Mm. He loved milk, and if but then if he, if he didn't have the milk, he'd have the burger, and the burger would be drugged. What drugs were they using to knock out Mister T? Because you need a lot of drugs. He's a, we've met him. I've met him. He's a muscular in here, in person. He's a muscular fella. You're going to need some hardcore narcotics. But if you get that wrong, there is always the chance you're going to kill Mister T. Well, also, if you get the mix wrong, you are, you might send him into a frenzy. You could send no him into. No one wants that uh, in a confined space. Hey, there's a lot of old people dying at the moment, aren't there? Yeah? They, 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 they mm. I'm, sus- I'm going to say they, they tend to. Yeah, not all at the same time. So right, we, had the, we had the, 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 Britain's oldest woman. I know, can you imagine? That as, is like being given the kiss of death. As, as, uh, as uh, the hilarious Adam Hess said on Twitter, all, all that means is that uh, Britain's second youngest woman is now the oldest woman. That's what, how it works. And I'm always suspicious of the second youngest person. The- second oldest? Why not? Who's the second? Who's the youngest person? They're not. They're about to be born. Ben, well, hang on. You're younger than me. Yeah. Ben, how how old are you? Um, twenty seven, seven, six, seven. Sorry, you're not. Uh, what? I'm tw- yeah, twenty seven. You're ten <laughs> years younger than me. Yeah. Flip it. A, Gosh, I am remarkably well presented. A, he looks older than me, and B, how could you not know what your age is? What was there even a hesitation? Oh, once, you, once you get past twenty-one, it doesn't matter. Oh, anymore, shut up! It? You're twenty-one. That was twenty years ago. <laughs> the, the, here's the thing, and I don't know if this st- still holds true. When I grew up in Slough, okay, and there was a big uh, Indian and Pakistani community. And often, the Indian and Pakistani kids wouldn't know their birthday. It wasn't a big deal. And so, you, you know, and, and we'd all kind of laugh, go, oh, look at you, aren't you stupid? But it just wasn't a big deal for them. And often their parents wouldn't even know how old... The, the, the parents didn't know their own age. I've heard that before. It was incredible. And you go, how old is your mum? I don't know. And you don't, you don't ask them, how old... Oh, I don't know. Wouldn't that be blissful? Oh. You'd just crack on, wouldn't you? You wouldn't get home. It's weird, isn't it? Stuff. Anyway, why was I asking you your age? Oh, yeah. So, so far, as far as we know, Ben is the youngest person in the world. Right. We don't know anybody younger. 08459 555. If you can beat uh, Ben's 26 or 27. Anyway, so here's another suspicious death. Oh, no. A great-granddad died on the day he reached 100. As his family gathered round to sing him happy birthday. Oh, granddad, come on. Come on, party pooper. (laughs) We're we're joking, of course, for goodness sake. Sidney Dole's loved ones joined him for lunch on his big day. But, oh dear, this is sad. Before they could settle down for the meal at his care home, they realised the war hero was unwell and raced to his bedside to be with him. Sydney's son, Eric, 56, said we got there about 10am. He died just after midday. Well, how fantastic that you were all there. Mm. Isn't that special? That we could all die on our 100th birthday with our family around us. Oh, I don't want to live to 100. No, I don't want to live to 100. I bet it's awful. The last thing that goes when they're dying is their hearing. So we actually all sang happy birthday. Oh. I know, we're we're all clutching at our chests. Um, His daughter, 71... (laughs) Oh, he didn't even get to see his car from the Queen. We tried our hardest to show it to him. Oh, well, that is sad, isn't it? Isn't it sad? But, what, well, do you know what? No, I don't think that is sad. I think, in, in, you know, but when you've seen people die, that's, a, you know, if there's a good way to go on your 100th birthday with your family around you, singing happy birthday, I'll take that. Yeah. I will take that. Well done, Sydney. 
But as far as we know, Ben is the youngest person in the world. We depending have, on the world. Depending <laughs> on the world. Have you got anything? Yeah. This page 19 is giving and giving. In the mail, isn't it? A new tax should be imposed on wine, beer and spirits to fund treatment for alcoholics. Oh, I like that. thought last night. I like that. The Centre for Social Justice said alcohol bought in off-licences and supermarkets should be subject to a levy of a penny per unit to pay for rehab. I'd be it for that. Yeah, well, uh, you'd have to be a cold-hearted miser to not want to pay an extra penny to help those poor unfortunates who are addicted to the stuff that you're buying. Because, after all, the old smoker's defence is, well, we've paid for our treatment. Well... You know, there we go. You apply it to the booze. Uh, I think that makes sense. We'll talk of smoking in a bit because they're going to have plain packaging. And the, the cigarette companies are outraged. They're going, well, it won't, it won't stop smoking. Well, why are you outraged then? You might as well let it happen. What are you bothered for? Although the, money on ink. The silk cut packaging, it was, it was uh, a sight to behold, wasn't it? Do you remember the John Player special adverts? No, no, they no. They always no. used to be slinky, didn't they? Yeah. Like. There is something very sexy about having a cigarette. Yeah, apart from then you stink. Well, yeah, I know, but again, there's something um, naughty about kissing a smoker, isn't there? There's something old school. I think as long as you're both smoking. Yeah, yeah. Well, what you got? Well. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 anti-clockwise, there are queues starting to build up now from Junction 21 for the M1 to 19 for Watford because of an accident. And on the M1, looking at the around Junction 9 for Redbourne on the speed sensors, it's starting to look very busy southbound towards London. And the A1M southbound is looking very slow as well between Junction 3 for St Albans and 1 for the M25. And Finchley, looking at the North Circular Road on the speed sensors, that's looking very slow between the East End Tunnel and the A1 at Henley's Corner. And High Wycombe, checking the roadworks on Oxford Street on the A4 Oxford Road. That's uh, looking fine at the moment but could cause some delays later on. On the trains, the 701 service from Milton Keynes towards London is delayed by about 15 minutes. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. Startling evidence that we may not be able to trust everything our political reporter Paul Scorin says. More on that anon, but it's 6.45. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Stevenage Borough Council is defending its new housing policy, which has seen some people kicked off the waiting list for not living in the area long enough. Tobacco manufacturers have criticised the proposed introduction of non-branded cigarette packets. And a report says staff at Watford General Hospital failed to follow their own rules, leaving a double-stroke patient in filthy conditions. Let's get the weather. Here's Georgina. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It's a frosty start to the day. Some fog patches and even some freezing fog. So visibility isn't great everywhere. So do take care if you're driving. Um, A bit of a mixture really today. I'd love to say everybody's going to get sunny spells, but it's not necessarily the case. There'll be some rather stubborn cloud in uh, certain areas. Um, Best chance of any sunny spells will be in the afternoon, though, with highs of four degrees Celsius. So pretty cold again. And tonight we've got some clear spells. It looks like there'll be a another frost with lows of minus three or four degrees and a dry and bright day tomorrow clouding over from the west in the afternoon with highs of four degrees celsius some light patchy rain in the night and then a dry and bright saturday cloudier on sunday with some bright spells on monday and those temperatures are going to gradually edge their way upwards but uh, we're not looking like we're returning to that milder weather just yet just getting to where those temperatures should be for the time of year that's your latest forecast 
every weekday morning. Good morning. Welcome to the JVS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Local opinions. We think it's absolutely shocking that this young man should continue to have to be punished. He hasn't even shown any remorse or said sorry. Well, firstly, I have to disagree. The JVS Show. Well, we're not living in very optimistic times. But it does seem very clear, doesn't it? They're human beings. Some are good people, some are bad. The JVS Show on BBC Three Counties Radio. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. It's what the BBC has been saying um, for a long time, and now David Cameron is saying it. Nando's rules. Nando's rules. You pull a face there as though you're not so keen on the peri-peri. It's just chicken, isn't it? I I don't really... uh, I don't get it. Do you mean you don't get it? You've been there. You don't. You been don't, there twice. You don't like it because the first time you went, you sat there waiting for a waiter to come. That is not the Portuguese way. Uh, it is. So they make their money. David Cameron. It's me and the guy in the sombrero disappointed that night. David Cameron says he prefers a Nando's chicken dish to a harvester to harvester grub. A harvester still going? Have you been yeah. to harvester yeah, before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or one of TV chef Gordon Ramsay's restaurant meals. He's trying to be common. The prime... Well, hang on. I, if, if you're going to rate it, I would say Nando's was more common than a harvester. Less common than a harvester or more common? More, more, more common. I would say is commoner. Nando's is. I mean, and by common, I mean... Um, I don't mean there are more of them. Yeah. I mean common. Yeah, exactly. That's what he's trying to do. It's the old pasty thing again, isn't it? The Prime Minister said he'd been to all three and added, I think Nando's is the best value for money. I would have to agree with him. I think it's... it's um, And as we know, the, the, the Nando's, of course, uh, now sponsored by the BBC. As long as you like chicken, you know, if you want fish, then you get it. Well, if you want steak, you go to an Aberdeen Angus, but, you know... It's... Or a Garfunkel's. Oh, Garfunkel's. <laughs>
You right, Dealey? Hey, good morning, boss. How are you? Do you know what, fella? I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Just pick one at random, Ben. Yeah, pick one at random. Um, Have uh, you got the email, by the way? Which email? Uh, what, from The Sun? Which email from Thanking the Sun? Thanking us uh, for, for the research no. this week, and uh, uh, pleased to announce that page three is back. Dealey, 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 dealey. They've put, they've, fair play, Murdoch, is it Murdoch? I always confuse him with Maxwell, the uh, fellow that jumped off. Uh, <laughs> did, did Maxwell really, did they find Maxwell's body? Mm, yeah, I think they did. They did, did they? I don't think they did. I don't think they found Maxwell's body. Really? Did they find, oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. When was the last time you saw Maxwell? What was his name? Robert Maxwell, Rupert mm. Maxwell. Robert. Rupert Murdoch. Robert Maxwell. Robert Maxwell. My granddad's pension. Really? Mm. Well, I don't, I don't know if they found his body at all. I'm convinced they didn't because at the time, um, Luton Town, my team, were in the same league as Oxford United and he was involved with Oxford and Reading. Yeah. And uh, let's just put it this way, they didn't like him very much. No, well, I don't know if anybody mm. liked him very much. Well, let's, let's find out if we can find his, uh, his missing body and indeed his missing uh, millions. A world exclusive. A world exclusive here. Why are we... Uh, uh, oh, yeah, so Max... Uh, uh, Murdoch's had a, a good laugh at our expense. Yeah, he's been uh, mugging off the uh, great British public. And you know what? I kind of respect him for it. Yeah, it's funny. I kind of respect him for it that he's done that. You're, you're pulling the face. I knew that they were being cynical. Yeah, but you, you thought they were going to just come back in bra and pants. No. You never, they never said they never said that they'd you, taken it off. You never. They, you never. <laughs> you never. I did. Boss, I need to say hello to somebody right now. Sorry? Uh, that man is Mark. What? He's the manager at the Arndale Centre in Lucent. What, are you doing a shout-out? Yes, he said to me yesterday, he said, you, he said, you and Ian have been banging on all week about oh. page three. What? Why has nobody played the Lambrettas page three, another day, another girl? Good shout, Mark. Yeah, what? for the weekend, for mm. your show. Yeah, what are you doing, yeah. Really? Yeah, do you, do you, don't, don't hijack... This nonsense for uh, for shout outs and big ups. Well, he's a big fan of the program. Well, in that case, good morning, boss. <laughs> now, Justin, we've got two options. Yeah, go on. Um, uh, ben doesn't know his age. Yep. Uh, and Paul Scoynes has bizarrely messaged me saying that he's been lying about his age for the last year. <sighs> Isn't that weird? You know why. You know why. No, but not in the way you'd think, Dealey. He's been lying up. He's been saying he's 37 when he claims he's 36. He looks 52. Yeah. But he's been lying about his age. I don't understand it. Doesn't surprise me, because as we know, this week we've had a number of TV bosses in our building, (laughs) and uh, Paul Scoynes has completely ignored me. Scoynes, we've been friends now for over a decade, but uh, when they're in the building, he doesn't want to know. He's quite happy to lie about anything as long as he gets on the box. Disgraceful behaviour. Yeah, I know know what you're saying. So that's one option, lying about your age. Catherine, what's the other option we've got? Is this woman who threw... She's been uh, given a criminal record for throwing water over next door's kids bouncing on the trampoline they drove her crazy she denied it she said she was tipping out the cat's bowl (laughs) out of the window the top floor window just happened to get the four kids cheeky cheeky i like it yeah you like that one i like it yeah so what's the is the angle was she would you do the same thing or how do you cope with noisy kids something like that you can make some what gets on your nerves about other people's kids yeah we can do that one and by the way at the moment i'm uh, by the m1 junction 10 Guys, you decide where I go today. We can go to Dunstable, St Albans, Hemel, Radlett, small town with a big attitude, Harpenden, Milton Keynes, Watford. You decide. Where was the program. one where they were all nuts last time? It was Radlett. Fl- Radlett. Yep. Off you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See you okay. later. Take care. Cheers. Right. Here's a Swerve Driver and Hands.
Anything else in the papers? Yeah. Um, a traffic warden tried to have a joke. It's backfired horribly. Oh. Well, I say horribly. Well. Traffic warden's getting told off. Yeah. I don't think many people will shed a tear. No. Traffic warden has slapped a parking ticket on a wheelie bin after it was left on double yellow lines. Now, was that a joke or was yeah. that serious? Yeah. Salesman Mike Jones, 54, who watched the warden attach the penalty charge note circled uh. in the container, Carmarthen, Wales, said it was bizarre and a total waste of council resources and time. The warden now faces a booking of his own. Uh. John McAvoy of Carmarthenshire Council said, although this was meant as a humorous incident, we take this kind of thing very seriously and we've launched a formal investigation. He added that no ticket was actually issued as it's not possible to book a wheelie bin. Am I the only person, right, that thinks traffic wardens are alright? I haven't got any problem with traffic wardens. Hey, guess what? They're doing their job. If you don't want to get a ticket, then don't park illegally. Although the one time I got charged twice for doing the same thing... Yeah. Uh, I wasn't very happy because when I rang up to tell them, they immediately went on the defence. They're quite rude to me and then they realised their mistake. I th- do you know what? I but think there's. I suppose a lot of people try it on, don't they? I think there's a racist element in, in our hatred of, of traffic ones because they are quite Afri- often African. They're quite often. I don't know what it's like around here. When I lived in London, uh, I would say the majority of them were, were from African origin. Uh, and um, you would see people having a go at them, and you kind of think, well, if that was a white bloke or a white woman with an English accent, would you be quite so free and easy with your language? Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Am I the only person that likes uh, traffic wardens? Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 anti-clockwise, there are queues between Junction 12A for the St Albans Junction and 19 for Watford because of an accident and a fuel spillage, so it's making things very slow towards Heathrow. On the A1M southbound, looking at the speed sensors around Junction 7 for Stevenage, it's looking very busy. And the A1 southbound between Rowley Lane and Stirling Corner is looking very slow as well. In Watford, looking at Exchange Road on the cameras, that's very busy around Beach and Grove. And on the trains, the 710 service from Watford Junction to Milton Keynes Central has been cancelled. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. So, ever lied about your age? What do you do to um, put up with noisy children, your own or somebody else's? And come on, what's so bad about traffic wardens? They're only doing a job. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, council waiting list row in Stevenage, plain packaging for cigarettes and report criticises Watford Hospital. BBC Three Counties Radio. Stevenage Borough Council is defending its new housing policy which has seen some people kicked off the waiting list for not living in the area long enough. A single mother says she's been removed despite living in the area since 2007. She's about to be evicted and says the council will have to act. More from our political reporter Paul Scoynes. Trisha Markle has told the local paper in BBC Three Counties that she's been thrown off the housing register because she hasn't lived in Stevenage for five years. But Tricia says she's lived just two miles from the centre of town for over five years and before that in the town since 2007 and shouldn't have been declined. Stevenage implemented the rule change last week. A local homes for local people policy is something many other councils in the three counties also require. The government has set out a timetable for introducing plain packaging for cigarettes. The Public Health Minister, Jim
Jane Ellison told the Commons last night that MPs would be asked to approve regulations before the general election. Standardised packaging would then be enforced by May of next year. A report says staff at Watford General Hospital failed to follow their own rules, leaving a double-stroke patient in filthy conditions. The hospital says it's taking action to stop the poor treatment suffered by 76-year-old Eric Weatherly from happening again. More from Matt Lockwood. Laura Weatherly raised the alarm after visiting her father at Watford General back in October. She found him sitting on a pressure cushion covered with someone else's urine and faeces. In a report, health bosses say staff at Watford General failed to follow their own rules. They've come up with a series of recommendations to prevent a repeat of what happened to Mr Weatherly. A photograph of a topless woman has appeared on page three of The Sun for the first time in nearly a week. There had been unconfirmed reports that the newspaper had dropped the long-running feature. A court order has been granted stopping anyone entering a house in Aylesbury over the next three months. Thames Valley Police applied for the order following numerous complaints about antisocial behaviour at the house in Keats Close. It also means the person who lives there cannot go into their own home. The Coronation Street actor William Roach paid an emotional tribute at the National Television Awards last night to Anne Kirkbride who played his wife Deirdre in the soap and who died on Monday. Among the award winners were Scylla Star, Sheridan Smith, EastEnders Danny Dyer, Alan Carr, the great British Bake Off, The X Factor and Anton Deck who won their 14th award for Best Entertainment Presenters. We were on the way here, in the car on the way here, we were convinced tonight was going to be the night we, um, we, 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 we lost it but uh, no, thankfully People have seen fit to, uh, to vote for us again. So, honestly, it, it feels as good as the first one uh, getting it. You never take it for granted. And, um, yeah, it's nice. In sport, a late penalty from Andros Townsend gave Tottenham a 1-0 win over Sheffield United in the first leg of their League Cup semi-final at White Hart Lane. The weather, a cold start with patchy fog slow to clear, then a dry day with most places seeing some wintry sunshine, a maximum temperature 4 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties coming up stuff just want to get to this alright I just want to um, is BBC three counties radio Simon they're going through the list of winners at the National Television Awards I'm starving sorry sorry did that come out um, it, it's just a list of everything it, 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 it's like he's found the list of things I will never watch on television and just read that out go on well, let's go through some of this. The X Factor mm. last night claimed a surprise win over Strictly Come Dancing at the National Television Awards. All right, so the X Factor won an award. What for? For, for mocking the mentally ill. Because that's what it does. That The only good bit of the X Factor is the bit at the beginning when they get people who are rubbish and are mentally ill and they've been told by a researcher, you're, you're really good and I think they will like you. Oh, thank you very much. And then they go on and humiliate themselves. Um, so, so the X Factor scoop. Well, do you know what prize the X Factor scooped? Have a guess. The prize it won. Um, was it to do with reality? Best talent show. Wow. Well, that's a very, very small category. Well, hang on. It? What other talent is new faces still up? What other talent shows are there? Uh, Stars in the rice. Oh, yeah, well, that'll be next year's. Yeah. Yeah, well, that, it's only, that only just started. OK, I'll give you that. So there's that. OK. It's oh, a really uh, narrow category. <laughs> it, won a, it won ahead of Britain's Got Talent and The Voice. <laughs> Flippin' it. The bland leading the bland. Uh, Ant and Deck winning an award for their 14th year. Was that for Best Geordie Comedy Double Act? <laughs> Called Ant and Deck. <laughs> 
Flipping it. What else did they get? Best entertainment programme. I'm a celebrity. Oof. This morning triumphs in the daytime category. Because there's nothing... Loose what? women. Homes Under the Hammer isn't going to win, is it? Judge Rinder might next time. Oh, flippin' heck. Although I've been disappointed with this recent series. It's not quite a juicy enough. Best. Best. Yeah. yeah. Best. I it's boring. Yeah, it is. Hello, guys. Yeah, Best comedy show. Oh, where is Where is Okay. Best comedy show. Uh, um. Home to Roost. <laughs> Mrs Brown's Boys. Oh, really? This I is mean, a list of things I don't watch. Um, uh, th- what is this even a category? The best skills challenge show. The Cube. <laughs> Those aren't even... That's not even a sentence. The Krypton Factor. The Was Great British Bake Off. Oh, a skills what? challenge. It's, couldn't dancing be... Factual, right? Bearing in mind, there have been some amazing documentaries. Can't think of any, but there, there will have been some amazing documentaries in the past well, year. The Luton oh, based 24 hours in... Christmas. All right, that's a great documentary. Uh, anything that Attenborough has, uh, d- d- pops out... The bit be- of Brian Cox. The breast, the, the, the breast, oh, there's a Freudian uh, slip if ever there was one. The best factual show, Gogglebox. Gogglebox. Um, Gogglebox. Um, the best drama, EastEnders. Best, best serial drama, EastEnders. That means a soap, doesn't it? The best chat show host, Alan Carr. Here's another made-up category. The best TV judge. Not Judge <laughs> Rinder. Or Judge Judy. David Walliams. David what is the... Not even John Deed. <laughs> <laughs> and David Walliams doesn't judge, really, does he? No. And I, I, I listen, David Walliams follows me on Twitter, so I, heaven knows why. He just bees David Walliams. This is, I mean, flipping heck. It's what, it, it's just celebrities going and blowing smoke up each other's backsides. In some cases, literally. Yeah, but who watches that? Did, was it on telly? Yeah, it was on ITV, I never it? watched those things, because who wants to watch a party you're not invited to? I don't even like uh, the Hootenanny anymore. Oh, wait, four, five, nine. I'll get you an invite to the Hootenanny if you want. Really? Probably. I don't, I don't want to see an old man walk backwards while pointing at a piano. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Tina Turner! <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, a Stevenage woman has been told new housing rules mean she's got no chance of the council house she's been waiting for since 2007. As of last week, only those who'd been living in Stevenage for five years continuously qualify. Well, it seems that Tricia Markell's mistake was moving to Nebworth Gate, which is only a couple of miles out of the boundary. Tricia joins me now. Morning, Tricia. Hello. This sounds like an absolute nightmare. What, what's been going on? Um, it's not, you're not quite right there. Obviously, I live in Nebworth Gate now, which is in the boundary of Stevenage. So I've basically lived in Stevenage for the last 20 months. Right, OK. But I lived out of Stevenage within that seven years for about four years. And how far out of Stevenage were you? Um, it's probably about a couple of miles down the road. Right, OK. But obviously that comes under North Hart County Council rather than Stevenage. Ah, uh, you crossed the, uh, the, the, the county council boundary. Yeah. So why, so why did you move away from Stevenage? Um, well, basically, I moved to Stevenage um, in 2007 after getting divorced. And I stayed with my brother for a time. Mm. Um, and then, obviously, overcrowding, I qualified for um, sort of social housing. 
but it never happened right because they just didn't have any properties available so my only option really was to rent privately so i rented um i rented in stevenage for about 18 months obviously with an agent and uh i had to um i had to obviously pay a uh, search for you know a search fee or, um there are lots you know, of costs the involved they have to do yeah, with, of the, with the renting agent yeah and um obviously i had to go where they had a property available for me which right. happened to be in nebworth okay so why did you stop living in that uh, and paying for that privately rented uh, property i'm still paying private now right and what's the problem with that um, basically, um, I'm due to be made homeless. The house that I'm living in now is, has been sold. Right. And obviously the new land, the new, um, owners will be taking over shortly. Okay. So what's stopping you finding another privately rented, uh, property? Um, well, there's, there's not. I mean, obviously the rents are just going up and up and I can't afford it. And I mean, they, they just don't really have, you know, I mean, obviously they... They don't have rented properties within my price range. Right. So you 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 feel that you are being priced uh, out of uh, the, the the market. I do. I mean, obviously, at the moment, I receive help from Stevenage Council. Right. Obviously, I only work part time, um, and so obviously, I receive housing benefit. Um, they pay a proportion of my rent. Yeah. But it, they don't pay all of it, obviously. Um, but obviously rents are just going up and up and up. So you've looked for other private uh, properties, have you? I have looked for other private properties. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, I mean, I think the average private rent is about... I mean, currently I pay about £785 a month. Yeah. And, I mean, you, you, can't, you, you can't even get a two-bedroom flat for about, you know, for maybe 700 in Stevenage. Right, OK. Uh, so, and there's no chance of you, you say you work part-time, there's no chance of you increasing your hours or getting a full-time job? Um, I've tried. I mean, I've tried everything since I've lived in Stevenage. I mean, I even went to university and got a degree. Right. What made you think that you were in the running for a council house? Um, obviously I, as soon as I, um, when I was living with my brother when I first moved to Stevenage, I went on the council register there because obviously I was living with him and we was overcrowded. Um, me and my son were sharing a bedroom with my seven-year-old nephew. Yeah. And um, obviously we lived like that for six months. Um, and, yeah, I went to the council and they said, oh, yeah, you, you qualify. But obviously nothing ever happened. And I, I've been I've been on the housing list with Stevenage for seven years, and I had 850 points, um, which really, realistically, there probably was never any chance of ever getting a council property anyway, mm. because people that actually, if you look at the, the bidding and the way the list went, people who actually um, won a council house, if you like, through the bidding system, had like 3,000 points. So realistically, I probably didn't ever have any hope of getting a council property. Why do you have to live in Stevenage? Could you not move to somewhere cheaper? Um, well, my son, since I've moved to Stevenage, my son has been schooled in Stevenage and he's now currently at, um, at college. Right. He's at the North Hearts College, the Vinci School. Yeah. 
Um, and he's on a two-year engineering course that he actually doesn't finish until maybe July. And he couldn't commute? Um, well, yeah, he probably could, but, I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't want to. I mean, ah. his, his girlfriend's here, his, his friends are here, his life's well, how, here. How old is he? He's 17. Right. Well, <laughs> it, 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 some, some might argue, Trisha, it could be time for him, you know, th- th- for him to stand on his own two feet. And, and there might be some people listening who think, well, the fact that your son doesn't want to move to a cheaper area is, um, well, kind of in the, uh, tough. If, if yeah, you can't afford somewhere... Is there any cheaper, any cheaper areas around? Yeah. I mean, within, you know, within the Stevenage and the whole sort of boundaries of... Stevenage. Well, but why do you have to live in Stevenage? That was that's the thing, isn't it? Because why don't you move to outside of Stevenage where it, it's a bit cheaper? I mean, yeah, but the the cheaper places are like Northampton. I mean, I lived there before. Yeah. And I mean, he, it, to be to be honest, I mean, he you know he's seventeen. He's a young lad. Yeah. You know, I mean, well, he can get the bus. He he does get the bus from here, but I mean, sometimes he's late going ten minutes down the road from Stevenage. <laughs> well, he, he, well <laughs> he, he should leave earlier. Yeah, it should, but, you know... Because you know, there, there, there are people, Trisha, it could be argued that there are people who are, are, are you know, far more deserving of uh, a, a council property than you and a 17-year-old boy. There are people with medical illnesses and, and people who've got young kids, aren't there? Yeah, of course, yeah. I mean, I have, um, you know, I have a medical problem. I, you know, I had a car accident three years ago. I've got a bad back, so, I mean, you know, if I wanted to push down the medical route, I could do that. Uh, but you th- are you going to uh, appeal this decision? I've appealed it twice. Yeah, and what have um, they said? But, but they just said that this is the new rules. That's it, you're off. What happens next, Tricia? I don't know. I, I don't know. Mm. Well, I, I, wish you, I wish you the very best of luck, and I, I, I do keep in touch and let us know what happens. I will. Tricia, okay. thank you very much indeed. Tricia Markell, 08459 555. Your thoughts on that, please? Yeah, do you think she's right to, to carry on fighting? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. It's an interesting one, isn't it? You can understand that she's had an expectation since two thousand and seven. She's yep. disappointed. Thanks. I, I I can understand her disappointment. I I also know that there are people uh, who you you know it would be easy to class as being of a higher priority. I also think you know a seventeen year old lad. I don't know the full situation. Seventeen year old lad could get up an hour earlier and travel to college. Uh, you know, get buy a moped. The other thing is, I've been to families, I've interviewed families who have got their children sleeping on sofas because yeah. there isn't enough room where they live. Tricky one. I wouldn't want to be the one calling the, de- nope. the decisions. I don't want to say too much about that. I'm keen to get your thoughts, please. 08459 555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 anti-clockwise, there's been an accident just after Junction 19 for the uh, for Watford because an, a, a car transporter there, and it's been a fuel spillage as well, so there's a lane closed that's causing queues from Junction 21A for St Albans towards Heathrow. In slip end on the M1 southbound, that's looking very slow between Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road and 9 for Redbourne, and the A1M southbound is looking very busy too between Junction 3 for St Albans and 1 for the M25. In Watford, Exchange Road is looking very slow around Upton Road, and the A1 southbound running. Black Cat roundabout's looking very busy now through the roadworks. On the trains, the 7.31 train from Welling Garden City to London Moorgate has been cancelled, and so is the 7.43 from Letchworth Garden City to London King's Cross. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha! 
7.17. It's uh, Thursday, the 22nd of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Stevenage Borough Council is defending its new housing policy, which has seen some people kicked off the waiting list for not living in the area long enough. Tobacco manufacturers have criticised the proposed introduction of non-branded cigarette packets, and a report says staff at Watford General Hospital failed to follow their own rules, leaving a double-stroke patient in filthy conditions. Three Counties Radio. Three Counties Sport. So on Saturday from two, four more live commentaries. Watford. After sticking five goals past Charlton, they've got to beat bottom club Blackpool. MK Dons. Fantastic win for the Dons last week against Sheffield United. They'll want to follow it up, though, against Barnsley. Luton. Luton come face-to-face with old manager Paul Buckle. Stevenage. Well, Stevenage are absolutely flying at the moment, although away to Shrewsbury, that is going to be tough. Live commentary on your local team with Three Counties Sport. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, feedback on uh, Trisha's case there coming in on Twitter. I'm going to read it as it comes. Joe says, this Stevenage lady is looking for the cheapest and easiest option. Bad back, do me a favour, lazy. Sol says, this Trisha is a scrounger in my opinion. Get a full-time job, job instead of claiming 17 years old isn't priority. Richard's in Stevenage. Morning, Richard. Morning, Ian. Richard, what would you like to say? Um, I don't know if anyone else picked up on this, um, but she said she's currently paying £795 a month uh, to privately rent. Um, you, you asked her what the cheapest option was in Stevenage, and she said the cheapest you could get is a two-bed flat for about 700 quid. Yep. So why doesn't she get the two-bed flat and save herself some money? I did pick up on that, and I was I was doing my best, Richard, to uh, to let you, the listener, make your draw your own opinions. And um, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Also, the, the point was made that I, I, I think, and I may have misunderstood this, that she didn't want to live in Northampton because because she'd lived there before. Yeah. Richard, listen, it's not a great line. We'll let you go. But yeah, I, I kind of picked up on um, that a little bit. It's the expectation, I think, that people are given. So she thinks that because she's been on the uh, list since 2007, that should count for more. Let's all not phone up and have a pop at Trisha, because she's not here. But I am... So let's kind of, you know, be, be gentle in the way we approach this. But I am... Uh, I, I, I was slightly... I didn't quite understand the argument. And also, 17-year-old lad, he's got to move away from his girlfriend. Do you know what? I, that that happens. Anna in Bedfordshire says, what's going to happen to Trisha when her son turns 18? She'll be without his benefits and would only be entitled to a one-bedroom flat because of bedroom tax. The son will have to house himself, says Anna in Bedfordshire. It's an interesting one. I think people's expectations of council houses and uh, their entitlement too have, has got to change because we, I mean, we heard the other day about the woman who thought that she should be inheriting her mother's house mm. despite the fact it was a council house. Mm. Yes, it was her childhood home, but that doesn't belong to that family. It's interesting. I Sometimes with these stories, I don't, I, I, I don't look at all of the details. I get all the de- and sometimes I don't look at all the details because I want to kind of get the details from when we speak to the, the reporters but also when we speak to the people involved. And I deliberately didn't read all of the details on this story because I wanted to hear... I suspected there would be more to it than, than first, uh, first thought. And I'm really glad that I did that with this case. I'm glad that it came from, uh, from Trisha because... Uh, 
it's good not to wade in with preconceptions, and I didn't then, and it was, I just, was just surprised by some of the arguments that were put forward. So, she's got a 17-year-old lad, he goes to college, he wants to stay in Stevenage. Um, the council says she's not on the list because she moved out for a bit, she's renting privately. That house is being sold, that property is being sold. She wants a council place. Should she get one? 08459 five. Being honest, I suspect there won't be many people who have uh, much sympathy. I mean, we spoke to... Um, Remember that fella? I think it was in St Albans, and they had a tiny place, and they had a little baby. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they had a one-bedroom place, if I remember correctly, and it was tiny. Uh, uh, and there were people arguing that that wasn't necessarily a priority, you know. So a woman that's got a 17-year-old boy, you know, and doesn't want to move away from college or his girlfriend. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Right, where are we? Oh yes, we're uh, we're doing this. Uh, back in October, we heard from Lara Weatherly. Who's she? Let me remind you, she's the daughter of a double-stroke patient who was being treated at Watford General Hospital. Her dad, Eric, um, was discovered sitting on a pressure uh, cushion. You know, these kind of like air-filled cushions that you know make it a bit more comfortable and easier to get up from. Um, and it was wrapped in a sheet, and under the sheet, it was covered in uh, human feces and urine wasn't covered, but there, there, were, there were bits of it on there. He was also discharged in a dirty hospital gown. Well, a report says staff at Watford General failed to follow their own rules. It's one of those reports, Catherine. Yeah. Lessons will be learnt. There's no... Uh, this will happen if this is breached. There's no... There's no penalties suggested, the, is there? Uh, uh, Lara joins us now. Morning, Lara. Hello. Some of the lessons that will be learnt include... Let me just read some of these. Uh, staff must ensure... All equipment used by patients are checked and cleaned daily, especially if they become soiled. Mm. Staff must ensure that patients are dressed in their own clothes when Mm. discharged to preserve dignity. Mm. Staff must clearly... I'm laughing. (laughs) I'm laughing. I shouldn't. Staff must clearly communicate all medical plans with patients and families. Well, Mm. duh... Mm. This surely is kind of... Uh, the reason I'm laughing, Lara, and I, I, I'm keen to get your thoughts on this, this it just seems like basic hospital care to me. Absolutely. Oh, there's something dirty. I know what. Shall we clean it? Mm. Uh, what are your thoughts on this report, Lara? Well, you know, when the action ca- plan came through itself, I mean, I was expecting a dossier. I mean, it was just one A4 sheet of paper, and it's just, like, got a weak template, just, as you say, a generic plan of action... Um, it's just all common sense stuff, really. It should just automatically be done anyway. Um, and this this action plan, this should have been put in place. It should have been in place at the start of the NHS anyway. The fact that they, because my my mum uses the NHS a lot, and the mm. the fact that they have to a hospital has to put in an action plan that includes staff must ensure all equipment used by patients are checked and cleaned daily, especially if they become soiled. The fact that that has to be as part of an action plan, well, it gets me quite angry actually. Mm, mm, I know. Bloody I know. obvious. It's, I know. It's disgusting. Uh, you're not happy as well with some of the things uh, that, that were said about your your dad's case, were you in the report? Uh, no, no. Um, I had another report come through. Oh, um, go on. Con- concise root analysis investigation report, which is like a chronology of the events. Um, you know, and on there it sort of says about the incident that had happened. I mean, they called that as minor. And, um, you know, level of harm caused none. Um, and also, um, you know, regarding the pressure cushion, um, 
they tried to say, on the day when I went in there, mm. um, I sort of arrived just before 11 o'clock, and on the chronology, um, it turns around and says that he'd best himself on the pressure cushion, and then they put him back to bed at half past 10. Well, I got there just before 11 o'clock, and he was sitting on the pressure cushion, mm. so they've tried to cover that up. Um, but I will be taking these things up with Tracy Carter. This is the, this is the chief nurse, Tracy Carter, who I think was was going to be on the show and, and, and isn't on the show because she had something else come up, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, how do you feel about how this has all been handled, Lara? Um, they have put their hands up. I did have a meeting mm. eventually, and we sort of they did put their hands up and they did say they got it wrong. Um, but I've got no faith. The lessons which they say have been learned. I'm not sure about that. Until I see it for myself, you know, and my father does have to go into hospital again. Um, it's OK saying something, but it's the actions, really, that need to be seen. Here's um, another, let me give you another line from this. We've got This is uh, from Professor Tracy Carter, Chief mm-hmm. Nurse, Director of Infection Control and Prevention. I hope these changes provide reassurance to Mr Weatherly and his family that we have taken their concerns seriously and that we are committed to learning from the feedback we receive from patients and their relatives. What's your reaction to that? You reassured? No, no. As I say, I, I feel that none of this would have happened if I hadn't have taken the video and the picture. Um, you know, I think maybe I just, if I hadn't have done that, I just would have maybe got a letter of apology and none of this would have happened. And I do encourage anybody out mm. there who's had exactly the same experience or, or a similar experience. Mm. Take photos, take videos, because it's proof and they can't deny anything. I, I agree with you. That's good advice. Isn't it sad that you've got to even make that suggestion? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. How's Dad doing? How's Eric? Um, he's still quite poorly. Yeah. Um, you know, um, but uh, as I say, there probably will be a time when he does go into hospital again. Yeah. And um, Rachel Reed, the matron, has obviously reassured us, you know, if he goes back onto that ward. Oh, um, I bet he'll be treated like a king next time he goes back. Absolutely. <laughs> they won't want to risk anything yeah, with you. Uh, exactly, yeah, yeah. Please ring me, please ring me. Anything you need. <laughs> well, that's something. <laughs> you know. uh, well, Lara, do you know what? He's, he's very lucky having someone like you fighting his corner for him, so oh, well done. Thank you. He's He's a lovely father. I bet he's, I bet he's a good dad, and I bet he's very proud of you. Lara, listen, thank you very much, and let us know if you hear any more, won't you? I will do. Thank you very much, Ian. Thank you, Lara. I just think it's incredible. Let me just read this again. This is the action plan that Watford Hospital have put in place. Staff must ensure all equipment used by patients are checked and cleaned daily, especially if they become soiled. That's part of the action plan. That's not rule 101 for hospital equipment. Flipping heck, I really... So, so, someone whose parent uses the NHS a lot. That does concern me. Uh, we were speaking to Tricia Markell earlier on, who um, uh, um, it, 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 uh, wants to get council housing and has been let down, she feels, by changes in the rules. David's in Milton Keynes. Morning, David. Have you got any sympathy for Tricia? Um, I have in some ways, except for the age of her son. Go on. Um, if, if, her, if she had a younger family, of course, but... The point I wanted, the council and association housing, they have these um, properties with single people living in um, that should be available for people with families. Right. For, for example, down my turning, there's two ladies who have to have electric mobile scooters living in properties with stairs, two-bedroom properties. Oh, yeah. And quite frankly, this is where the system's all wrong. I do know of somebody whose parent had a four-bedroom council house and they, because they can't move that person out, he's stuck in it till he dies. 
Now, really, th- th- these things should be looked at in this day and age. But, the, but the, there is a shortage of social housing, as we know. Yes. Uh, and d- d- does a, a, a woman who has been affording uh, to pay a significant amount of her rent privately for the last 18 months and a 17-year-old son that doesn't want to move away from his college or leave his girlfriend, yes. does that sound like a, a, an important housing priority to you, David? No, it doesn't sound uh, in her case. Um, by what she was saying too, she's moved around a fair amount, and she's quite used to it. Uh, the fact is that the council have changed their their criteria. I mean, that's going to happen all the time anyway with councils and associations. So therefore, what's got to be updated is councils, housing, and association. Uh, the details they've got to give priorities to people. David, I got to move on. Thank you very much. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. The problem is there aren't the smaller places for people who are rattling around in what was their family home, are there? If only there was some way we could um, encourage people to move out of bigger properties into smaller properties. Oh yeah, we tried it. The bedroom tax, the spare room subsidy, it didn't work because there aren't the places for them to go to. That's the thing as well. And when they do these house swaps as well, we've spoken to people who've been willing to swap, but they haven't been the properties. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Any sympathy for Trisha? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There's a lane closed just after Junction 19 for Waterford because of an accident and the fuel spillage is causing queues from Junction 21A for St Albans. Having a look at the speed sensors on the North Orbital Road and it's very busy around the M25, Junction 21A roundabout and on the A41 southbound from the Hemel Hempstead turn off towards the M25, that's looking very slow as well. In Beaconsfield, checking the speed sensors, it's very busy between Ledborough Lane and the A40 London Road and the A1 southbound from the St Neots Junction to the Black Cat roundabout also is looking very slow through the roadworks. On the tra- Trains the 743 service from Letchworth Garden City to London King's Cross has been cancelled. Samantha Brough, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Stevenage Borough Council is defending its new housing policy after a single mum from the town was told she no longer qualifies for a council house despite living locally. The government has set out a timetable for introducing plain packaging for cigarettes. MPs will be asked to approve regulations before the general election. The report says staff at Watford General Hospital failed to follow their own rules, leaving a double-stroke patient in filthy conditions. And a photograph of a topless woman has appeared on page three of the Sun for the first time in nearly a week after unconfirmed reports that the newspaper had dropped the long-running feature. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. A late penalty from Andros Townsend gave Tottenham a 1-0 win over Sheffield United in the first leg of their League Cup semi-final at White Hart Lane. Here's the Sheffield boss, Nigel Clough. Pleased with the, the way we worked and how we restricted Spurs to a, a few opportunities. Uh, but we thought it was on for a 0-0 tonight. And then even in that last 10 minutes, uh, to go and get a goal ourselves. Uh, so happy in lots of ways, uh, certainly with the performance and the work rate. Uh, but I think we can do a bit better. Watford are still just seven points off the top of the championship after leaders Bournemouth lost on Tuesday. Last night it was the turn of third place Ipswich to miss out as they went down 3-2 at Brighton. The updated annual list of the world's 40 highest earning football clubs includes for the first time all 20 sides playing in the Premier League last season. More from Andy Swiss. The study provides one of the starkest illustrations yet of the Premier League's wealth. Of the world's 10 highest earning teams last season five are English, Manchester United, Manchester City, Chelsea, Arsenal and Liverpool. And the top 40 includes all 20 Premier League clubs. 
Deloitte say it's the result of a new £3 billion TV deal, which means the team finishing bottom of the table, as Cardiff City did last year, receives more in broadcast revenue than the champions did in 2013. And at the Australian Open tennis, number one seed Novak Djokovic and defending champion Stan Wawrinka are both through to the third round after straight sets wins. BBC Three Counties News and Sport, the next full bulletin is at eight. about your age. I have no idea why that is. Oh, yes, because uh, Ben, uh, Shaggy, who's working on the show, doesn't know what his age is. Couldn't remember. Paul Scoins has been lying about his age for a year, and uh, various uh, Asian communities, birthdays aren't a big deal. And it was quite common when I was growing up in Slough, I'm guessing that may have changed, for um, uh, the kids in school not to know how old they were, or just have a rough idea, uh, and their parents not even have a clue when their birthdays were, because it wasn't a thing. Is it just a kind of Western... Thing. It's a weird thing to say. Surely the conception date would be more accurate. Yeah, because you can say exactly what, exactly you? how old you are. Because I'm 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 over forty two if we include the conception date. Yeah, the nine months. Or exactly. 
or, or whatever it is. Let's not add that. No. Let's not add so that. we're talking about that. We are. What else are we talking about? Other people's kids. What do they do that annoys you? Oh yeah. There's a woman who's got a criminal record because she threw some water out of her top floor window and it hit the kids next door and there'd been a big row over them using the trampoline so close to her garden. Yep. She says that she was just throwing the cat's water bowl out. It just happened to hit the kids. The judge didn't believe it. So how do you deal with uh, noisy kids? And also, we were talking uh, about... Tri- we spoke to Tricia Markell, who, um, due to a change in the rules in uh, Stevenage and in other councils, she feels that she won't... Well, she won't be able to get a council property. Yeah, she says she's been on the list since 2007. They've just changed the rules. It means she's out of the running. She furious. Moved, she moved out of the, the council boundary for 18 months, living in a privately rented property... Uh, she works part-time, she gets some help towards the rent, she doesn't want to move out from Stevenage because uh, uh, um, uh, she works there and her son um, goes to college there, his 17-year-old son goes to college there and has a girlfriend. Paul's in Northampton. Morning, Paul. Good morning, Ian. What would you like to say? Uh, My heart goes out to this poor lady. I'm I'm sensing sarcasm. No, no, not at all. Really? Uh, totally genuine, yes. Go on. And if you look at the time scale, right, that lady has been on the housing list for how many years until they changed it? Seven, eight years, something right. like that? Yeah. Yeah, then she's lived, had to move out. She's moved into this other property, which was probably the only one she could get at the time, which right. is still in the area. Yeah. Then Stevenage Council decide very recently they're going to change the rules, which kicked her out of the running. I think that is absolutely wrong. Absolutely wrong. Now, she'll get kicked out of the running, but you'll get some foreign family coming and, oh, yeah, have a house. Here you go. And how do you Terrible. know that? How do you know that, Paul? Well, I don't know that. I'm just well, being there, 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 there sorry, you go. stereotyping what you and everyone else would probably say. Well, no, well, but, yeah, you've just you've just said that that's what will happen. But, I, uh, but if you have evidence but that's not for the that, point. no, the well, point no, no, the no, matter Paul, is, Paul, 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 the point yeah. of the matter is that you just raised up that, that uh, uh, an immigrant will come and take priority over her. Well, where's your evidence for that? No, that is the sarcastic bit. The real well, bit, which it, was well, the Paul, point, Paul, with the greatest of respect. Yeah, don't throw out stuff like that because it's it's quite dangerous stuff to throw that out and 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 if you don't mean it well yes you're quite right and fair enough i've Thank got you. a slap on the wrist um and i apologize for that but it is what the consensus of most people will probably oh, be well, thinking now, but now you're saying it again though paul you're now saying oh, it was a joke but actually it's probably true they won't well, be foreigners won't be because was, I said it could be possibly oh, paul, they won't be able to because foreigners will have to follow the same rules they will have had to have lived there for five years mm. Yeah, but why, why, why on earth can't some people see reason? See, this lady's been on that list so long, she qualifies for it, needs it, and... Well, does she, uh, does she need it? She's been able to afford... Well, of course pro- she does. Well, well she's, no, been no, able- she's been able to afford it because she's yeah. on part-time work, right. and she's got a little bit of help coming from the government, right? right. Yeah. Now, she must be living on the bread line. If she's paying £750 a month, is it? We don't know how much of that is helped out by the council, well, and again, we're making assumptions. I, 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 we don't know if she's living on the breadline. Well, let's let's speak with facts because you're, you're, you deal with facts because you're very good at uh, uh, exaggerating and throwing kind of myths and shadows into this story when when it doesn't really help. No, it doesn't. You're probably right. I I, I think I am. Um, Peter's in Warmer Green. Morning, Peter. Good morning. What you got for us, boss? Well, when you're talking about that lady, first of all, someone's diagnosed her back on here. Brilliant. That, I think that was magic. But this £780 a month she's buying, yep. 
quite a lot of that is paid in benefits because uh, if you if you paying that amount yeah. you've got to pay council tax on top and yeah. all sorts of other things yeah. and food now if she moves further out say she moves to northampton yeah. she's got paid to get to a job her son's got paid to get to his college they're not in pocket they're not in pocket one way or shape or form now when you've got people living in private accommodation in her circumstances you really they're getting have to claim benefit because there's no way an ordinary person doing a part-time job or even a full-time job in quite a lot of cases can afford £780 a month. Yeah. So you get benefits. But if they get become eligible to be getting a council house, the benefits will drop greatly because, first of all, the rents are lower. It's not being, if you like, rackmanism like it used to be. Surely the problem is, Peter, in situations like this, the the the, the rent the, for private properties is too high. Well, look, absolutely. So, but, but what can be done about that? Well, I uh, the way I see it, if you're not building social housing. It's really what we're doing. We're building up a massive case of benefits. We're building up a massive case, and you don't realise. I mean, I'm talking about my. Hey, there's more. There's more people in employment, Peter, than there have been for years. The figures came out yesterday. Oh, there are lots of them. Ignore that. But ignore that. Ignore the statistics that came out yesterday. Hang on, Peter. Ignore the statistics that came out yesterday, saying there are more people. Yeah, youth unemployment has gone up a bit, but there are more people working than in work than have been for years. And even 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 in Prime Minister's question time, Ed Miliband couldn't argue the figures. They're, they're claiming that 16 hours is working and they're not, that's not... But Ed Miliband couldn't argue, the Labour no, Party couldn't on. argue the figures. No, just hold on. They're claiming the 16 hours is working. Now, them people are having to claim benefits if they're on 16 hours yeah. a week. Yeah, that, those so benefits help people claiming, get back to work. But they're claiming them people are working. And that's no no sort. They're even claiming the people on zero hours contracts are working. But the, even the but but the majority of those people aren't on zero hours contracts. The majority. But if you include them in the figures, yeah. there's a great big difference. Okay. It's smoke and mirrors. Peter, thank you very much. Uh, Mary, not your real name, is in Stevenage. Morning, Mary. Morning. What would you like to say? Well, I was just going to say, my daughter has been. Um, she had a one-bedroom council flat. When my grandson was a year and a half, yeah. they then moved her to a two-bedroom flat. He is now 11. Yep. My granddaughter is nearly seven. And they're still in um, this two-bedroom flat. She's Stephen is bred and born. Um, we are, at the moment, talking talk to the council like probably thousands of other people are, are because the council in Stephenish do surgeries. So they do them once a month where the council go. And you can go along and speak to the council yourself with your issues. And so but, what's happening with your daughter then? Is she being uh, found at a place with, with two bedrooms? No, no. Sorry, did you say she's in a one-bedroom be- one place? No, she was in a one-bedroom right, place. Yep. My grandson was born. Right. And then when he was a year and a half, she was moved into a two-bedroom. And now she's got two place. kids, right. Yeah. Um, so there's thousands of people in it, but, you know, I feel she's done her penance, if you like. She's gone... She's bred and born Steve, and she's gone correctly down the right road... And uh, so 
we just go to the surgeries and she talks to the council regular and just sees what we just wait and see what's going to happen. Mary, just to play devil's advocate though, so she had room for one child, why did she have another? She had, yes, she had my grandson and then she wanted another child because she wanted two children. But if let, okay, let's let's take this argument out into the world of fantasy a little bit. If she knew that she didn't have room for two children, she did when she had the two-bedroom flat, right? But now, because then they said you'd be in there for so many years and move on, right? We thought as they got older, but now as I say, that's their age limit. Is now. this the, this was mentioned earlier on? Is there this problem with um, people feeling entitled to? Um, council properties. No, I don't think so. Because, well, I your daughter it... feels entitled, doesn't she? No, it was just the way the situation was at the time. She was told that she would be given somewhere she rented, else. She rented when she, before she had children. And, and, and I disagree with that rent figure because then it, it, I think she was paying eight, nine hundred pounds a month. Uh, Mary, listen, you... Mary, listen, we've got to move on. Thank you very much. Uh, 08459 555. Ian, stay there. We'll come straight to you after a bit of this. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There are long delays on the M25 anti-clockwise from Junction 22 for St Albans to 19 for Watford. That's because of an accident and a fuel spillage. On the M25 anti-clockwise around Junction 25 for Enfield as well, it's looking very slow as well on the speed sensors. And the A1M southbound's looking very busy around Junction 7 for Stevenage. And Hartford on Gascoigne Way, that's very busy around Ware Road and 4th Street. And the A1 southbound's looking very slow from the St Neots Junction around the Black Cat Roundabout with the roadworks there. Coming into High Wycombe on the A40 London Road, that's looking busy two in both directions. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. 7.45, it's uh, Thursday the 22nd of January. I'm in lead. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Stevenage Borough Council is defending its new housing policy, which has seen some people kicked off the waiting list for not living in the area long enough. Tobacco manufacturers have criticised the proposed introduction of non-branded cigarette packets. And a report says staff at Watford General Hospital failed to follow their own rules, leaving a double-stroke patient in filthy conditions. Well, what happened to... Uh, now, is it... I always get confused. Robert Maxwell? Yeah, Robert Maxwell. Rupert Murdoch. That's the right one. What happened to Robert Maxwell? We'll find out after the weather. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Come on, Shags. Come on, Shaggy. Come on, Shaggy. Come on, Shaggy. Okay, thank you for your call. He's on the phone as well. Come on, Shaggy. Yeah, but he's failing miserably at everything. Come on, Shaggy. Don't, come on. Come on, Shaggy. Come on. Come on, Shaggy. It's going to be The light's flashing. Come on, Shaggy. She's there. Come on, Shaggy. Oh, no, hang on. Come on, Shaggy. Put her through. Put her through. Come on, Shaggy. Hang on. Come on, Shaggy. There we go. Let's have the weather with Georgina. Hello there, it's a frosty start to the day with some fog patches, a bit of a mixture really, some of us will enjoy some sunny spells but uh, I'll be some rather cl- stubborn cloud elsewhere, temperatures up to 4 degrees Celsius, the best chance of that sunshine is in the afternoon really. Tonight we've got clear spells with some frost again, lows of minus 3 or 4 degrees and a dry and bright day again tomorrow, pretty cold but clouding over from the west in the afternoon with highs of 4 degrees Celsius again. And a light, uh, a night of night, light and patchy rain tomorrow night, a dry Dry and bright Saturday and then cloudy on Sunday with some bright spells on Monday. Those temperatures are gradually working their way upwards over the next few days. That's your latest forecast. 
every weekday from 12. We're talking to Ellis Jones uh, about her journey, which has uh, landed her in the arms of Youthscape. When I was five, my dad left our family. It's your first inclination to go, oh, I must have done something naughty. Nick Coffer. I was in a really vulnerable place. The people at Youthscape, it is literally their job to show you that they love you and care about you and whatever you're going through. Every day my job's a privilege, but every once in a while it's an even bigger privilege because I get to meet people like you. Nick Coffer on BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm being eaten by a boring contractor. I have no idea why, but we were speaking about Rupert Robert Maxwell mm-hmm. earlier on in the show. Yeah, why did we get to that? No idea, and it doesn't really matter. We got there, and that's all that counts. Of course, he famously um, tossed himself off a boat. Or fell off a boat. Or fell off a boat. We don't know. And I thought they hadn't found the body. Well, Ian's in Luton. Ian can, uh, can fill in some holes here. Morning, Ian. Morning. Did they find his body? Yeah. Oh. When? Uh, after he fell off the boat. <laughs> that would make sense. <laughs> <laughs> no, they found him between Tenerife and Gran Canaria. Yeah. Right? And the autopsy was done in Gran Canaria. Yeah. Now, I'm not sure what all the results were that um, was published, but I lived at the time <laughs> in the complex, the same complex as the doctor who did the autopsy. Oh, Fantastic. And what did he say? What did he say? Ian? Well, he seemed quite frustrated because he oh. kept saying there was no water in the lungs. Oh. Which meant he didn't drown, did he? Blimey. Now, it's just something. I mean, I'm yeah. going back years now. Well, I've got a friend who's just sent me a very naughty conspiracy theory that I can't read out on the air. We can't, li- we can't libel the dead, but it's probably a, 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 inappropriate to read it out. So there's, there's, there's a little bit of mystery, is there? There's a question mark over Maxwell's sizeable body. Oh, it was very sizable by all accounts. He was a big but fella. It was just the fact that I lived on the complex. Yeah. Um, the same complex as the chap. He was a very catty sort of bloke, a young doctor. Yeah. And um, he seemed to be, I don't know, put out by what the findings were because he insisted there was no water in the lungs. The implication being he died before he went into the sea. Um, well, yeah. Wow. Or they didn't die from drowning. Yeah, yeah. He definitely didn't die from drowning. Oh, oh, I don't know what the official line was. Yeah. But that was from the, um, like I say, the chap who did the autopsy. So, Ian, you, sorry, you lived in Gran Canaria? Yeah. What the hell are you doing in Luton? Do you really want to know? Do you know what? I do. I may regret asking this, but I do. Go on. No, you won't regret asking Go it. Go on, then. It's just something that nobody's looked at. Why do some places, um, I think it was on... I don't know if it's your programme or JVS, but there's um, some places that charge a holiday tax. Yes, oh. that was mentioned yesterday. Yeah, That's yeah. right, then it was you that I was listening to. Now, why do they have a holiday tax? Have you ever thought of it? Well, uh, they say it's about pollution, don't they? No, I'll tell you what it is. Go on. Um, when holiday makers go to places like Gran Canary or anywhere yeah. that depends on holiday makers yeah. to uh, boost their income, since the days of all inclusive, right, the only people who are making oh. money out of that is the holiday company. We go, of course, because you're not going out to restaurants and bars because your drinks are you're not all going inclusive. Out to restaurants, you're not going out to the bars, local economy you're not is suffering. Yeah. You're not using taxes. You're not using buses. There's so many places where the income is not coming in. Yeah. Right, so it, 
it did the island no good at all. Um, the actual business aspect of places like, um, particularly bars and restaurants, went down so much. Yeah. But they were still getting the numbers. Now, years and years and years ago, in the Gambia... He's <laughs> taking all... us all around the world. This is great. Go on. No, it's just things that people don't think of. Yeah. But I think you'll find that if you check up on it, the um, all-inclusive yeah. was only allowed in the Gambia for about nine months. And then they realised it was it was costing them money. So the what, government were you, were, stopped it. They what, banned all-inclusive holidays. So, OK, so just specifically then, I'm, I'm, I'm really interested, we'll come to our next guest in a second, specifically why did you leave? Were you involved in that kind of business, or did, did just the area get a bit run down? Both. Oh. We, was, we was in a bar, we had a bar restaurant. Yeah, oh, okay, okay. And the trade, it was coming up and up and up. And then almost overnight, oh. it just it just went. Even next door, which was well established. Yeah. Um, if he was half full for 20% of the day, this is when we left, yeah. he was doing well. Blimey. When we went there three years before... He was full, rushed off his feet for all day. Ian, uh, listen, I've got to move on because we've got a guest coming up. But isn't that fascinating? You can tell he ran a bar. He's used to having a chat. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. Isn't that that's the kind of blo- that's the kind of bloke you want to get chatting to who's working behind a bar yeah. when it's a little bit quiet. You can I could sit and talk to him for hours. Thank you, Ian. That was brilliant. Just looking into this, it says uh, official ruling in Madrid uh, at the inquest was death by a heart attack combined with accidental drowning. Although three separate pathologists ref- uh, couldn't agree. Isn't that interesting? I, well, I'm going to do a little bit of reading this afternoon if I can um, trick my youngest into having some cowpot. It's a joke. Are, I bet there are loads of uh, yeah. quote-unquote documentaries well, on you, YouTube. You can understand what Scott's the kind of thing that Scott sent me. <laughs> right, let's have some of this. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Thames Valley Police, this is an interesting one. Thames Valley Police are training hotel staff to spot the signs of child sexual exploitation. The course at a hotel in Aylesbury Vale comes after an East Oxford hotel was named in court as the location used by a gang abusing teenage girls. Well, Marilyn Hawes is founder and chief executive of Enough Abuse UK, based in Hertfordshire. Marilyn, I can't quite get my head around this. I'm keen to know what your thoughts are. No, I gathered that when I had a phone call from you yesterday. Um, It's spot on, and they're absolutely right, because so much of this CSE takes place in hotels and taxis. They should be targeting taxi firms as well, where there are these very young girls being picked up by much older men. Trouble is, with the hotels, I mean, many years ago, I mean, I'm a dinosaur, when I was younger, I was actually a hotel receptionist. And you turn a blind eye, and they come, you sign them in, you take the money, or you don't ask any questions. And a lot of them are young people that don't understand or even are interested in what could be going on. What and is it's it, massive. What is it you're supposed to be seeing? Because I, I, I'm kind supposed to be looking at and asking yourself some questions. If you get a gut feel, that seems to be a very young girl. It doesn't seem to be like a couple. There's, there's lots, like in any other form of grooming, you feel it in your gut, but this doesn't feel right. And I applaud the police because there is such a massive ignorance yeah. in CSE and grooming per se. But what I would like to see on top of that is... 
Why are these children missing? In the, why are these children hanging around? Nothing good happens to children who hang, hang around late at night, hang around outside food stores, um, street corners, supermarket car parks, subways, parks. Nothing ever good happened to them. So what are the issues? Why are they so vulnerable? That's what also needs to be going into this. Dig deeper to say, why don't they want to be at home? You know, if there's a lot of looked after children, they will have terrible issues in their childhood. And they need, that needs to be looked at and those children need to be supported. So whilst, yes, I think what the police are doing is amazing, it would be good to have extended it to taxi firms as well. And they can only do what they can do, but there needs to be some form of um, support that teaches more than that about, as I say, the issues of the children. And you're right, of course, you know, that you, you, you can take it back that far. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just under, confused as to what a receptionist is supposed to be spotting. How would you know that, that a kid who's, who's with a couple, it's not their kid? Because you say gut feeling, but supposing you've got a gut feeling uh, and it, you've got it completely wrong and a couple get a knock on the door from, from the police and they're well, accused of I, abuse. We don't, know, we don't know yet, do we, how they're going to operate this. So I don't think you can say what the police are going to do until you've heard what the training is going to mean. But people run hotels are older. So if all the staff are alerted to that seems a very young girl on her own with a guy, it's a clear difference between a couple of 30-year-old men rocking up with somebody who's 14, done up as an 18-year-old, to mum and dad with a three-year-old. I mean, it's not rocket science. Supposing it's their granddad. Supposing they're my, my uh, father-in-law. Well, then, you know what? He's better off to be wrong than, or, than to find out you were right and missed it. But suppose, you know what? Every time... No. Is this is massive across the yeah, country. It's I know. Every single, I would feel... Girls, hello? Hang on a minute. There'll no. be girls in Luton last yeah. night that this happened to. I would feel awful, though, if my father-in-law took my three-year-old son to a hotel and someone suspected he was a paedophile. That's yeah, outrageous. No, 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 golly, can I just get this straight? Paedophiles are people that s- systemically uh, abuse children around, like the trains, the planes coming in at Luton, they will have four or five children on the go. A paedophile is not necessarily the same thing as somebody who is... A paedophile is someone who has sex with someone who's not reached no, puberty. No, yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't, doesn't matter how many times. It doesn't matter how many times they do it, Marilyn. Can you just excuse me? I think I'm the expert here, not you. Well, I'm. I'm not convinced, Marilyn. Well, then you can. You're not convinced. Then come on one of my courses, and then you'll learn, won't you? I'm all right, thanks. A paedophile is <laughs> well, somebody no, who's sexually. Right. No, no, no. You're not all right oh, because you've got your go. facts wrong. No, it's not here you go. If you're going to be insulting, I'll just hang up. Okay. If you're not... uh, well, <laughs> flipping. Eh? What was our attitude? Blimey. A paedophile is someone who is sexually aroused by someone who's not reached puberty, no matter how many people they're doing, and I would be terribly offended if my uh, father-in-law was accused of, of having sex with a child, Marilyn. You go, you, you you go p- and read what a paedophile is. Okay. I work in sex offender prisons. I can tell you, they aren't, a paedophile is someone who has got a six, can six, seven hundred children in their lifetime. No, is it's nothing. not. It's not yeah, I, I know, so, but a paedophile is someone who's sexually attracted going, to children. I know. No, I'm sorry. I am going now because you are so wrong and you're not prepared to listen and I'm not going to continue this because this is exactly the wrong information that the media put out. A paedophile is someone who is sexually attracted to children. That's a fact. No, it is not a fact. That is somebody who has a predilection of... Most people abusing children are not paedophiles. They can be a brother. They can be a grandfather. A paedophile is a completely different profile and you clearly don't know your facts and this is a sort of media that causes anxiety and stress and high emotions. And your, your the attitudes are doing a very good job mm. in doing this. And your I think attitude, you're quite rude, actually. 
You I think com- you're quite insulting. Marilyn, it's been lovely talking to you. I wish you the best of luck. Thank you very much. I'm rude. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 anti-clockwise, there are long delays from Junction 22 for St Albans to 19 for Watford after an accident and a fuel spillage. And the M1 towards London is also looking very slow around Hemel Hempstead and Junction 6A for the M25. In Wendover on the A413, that's very slow around Natalie Road and London Road. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, that went well. Deary, deary me. Let's get the news, shall we? And um, we can talk more on the other side of this. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, council house dispute in Milton in Stevenage, new twist in Milton Keynes' taxi row, and report criticises Watford Hospital. BBC Three Counties Radio. Stevenage Borough Council is defending its new housing policy after a single mum from the town was told she no longer qualifies for a council house despite living locally. Tricia Markell has fallen foul of new rules which give priority to people who have lived in the borough for at least five years. She moved to Stevenage in 2007, but lived for a time in neighbouring Nebworth, which comes under North Hearts. I mean, obviously at the moment I receive help from Stevenage Council. See, I only work part-time, and so obviously I receive housing benefit. Um, they pay a proportion of my rent, but it, they don't pay all of it, obviously. But obviously rents are just going up and up and up. It's emerged that the Milton Keynes taxi row, which led to the resignation of the mayor, started when a driver exposed one of his colleagues as a rapist after his own licence had been suspended. Sabir Zia was upset that someone who'd committed a serious crime was able to work while he couldn't. More from Lee Agnew. Mr Zia's licence had been suspended for a month because of a row with a passenger. He demanded to see paperwork showing serial sex abuser Nadim Kiani had been granted a licence with the full knowledge of the council. The councillor who vouched for the rapist and another two who sat on the licensing committee have since resigned. An appeal against Mr Zia's one-month suspension has been rejected in court this week. The government has set out a timetable for introducing plain packaging for cigarettes. MPs will be asked to approve regulations before the general election. Standardised packaging would then be enforced by May of next year. A report says staff at Watford General Hospital failed to follow their own rules, leaving a double-stroke patient in filthy conditions. The hospital says it's taking action to stop the poor treatment suffered by 76-year-old Eric Weatherly from happening again. His daughter Lara raised the alarm after visiting her father at Watford General back in October. When the action plan came through itself, I mean, I was expecting a dossier. I mean, it was just one A4 sheet of paper and it's just like got a weak template, just, as you say, a generic plan of action. Um, it's just all common sense stuff, really. It should just automatically be done anyway. A photograph of a topless woman has appeared on page three of The Sun for the first time in nearly a week. There had been unconfirmed reports that the newspaper had dropped the long-running feature. The Coronation Street actor William Roach paid an emotional tribute at the National Television Awards last night to Anne Kirkbride, who played his wife Deirdre in the soap and who died on Monday. And EastEnders star Adam Woodyatt dedicated their serial drama award to Coronation Street. Without Without you, there'd be no EastEnders. Without your enduring characters like Ken 
and Deirdre. So, if you don't mind, we'd like to accept this for the Weatherfield one. In sport, a late penalty from Andros Townsend gave Tottenham a 1-0 win over Sheffield United in the first leg of their League Cup semi-final at White Hart Lane. The weather, the early fog will clear slowly to leave a dry day with some sunshine, a maximum temperature just 4 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news in sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Calm now, we've all taken deep breaths. Excellent stuff indeed. What are we talking about? Uh, housing. We're talking about ever lied about your age. And how do you deal with naughty children? 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. <laughs> I, I hope that, that interview didn't give the impression I'm on the paedophile side. I just, I, I don't understand. All I was trying to get to is I don't understand what reception staff in a hotel will be looking for. And if my father-in-law were to take my three-year-old grandson to a hotel, I would feel terribly that he um, was being suspected of being a paedophile. And yes, of course, I'm not on the paedophile side. Of course I'm on the children's side. I was made to feel a bit awkward in a hotel once. Because oh. we'd taken our little girl, and yeah. she was she was really little, but she wasn't she was a bit too big for a travel cot. And anyway, she wouldn't have slept in it in no. a strange room. No, the travel so, cots never work. So we guys. hadn't it's taken what, They're one. always in the bed. And we were given a bit of a look that we'd booked a double room. Yeah. And we had a little. Yeah. And the woman said, "Oh, did you not bring a bed for her?" Yeah. Supposing I, I, I supposing I took my three year old, would I be under suspicion if I took my three year old son to a hotel with a double bed? My five year old wouldn't want to sleep in a separate bed, even if there was like a. Camp, they sometimes put a camp bed up, don't they, in those family rooms? And she just, wouldn't want to. And I just, just you know, just uh, the, the the dictionary definition of a paedophile is someone who is sexually attracted to people who have children who haven't reached puberty. But hey, at the same time, it's good that something is being done. It's oh I, I, yeah, it's good that I, I was eventually trying to get to that point. I was just trying to work out exactly what. It was. And Marilyn seemed to be under the impression we weren't on the police's side. She said, "I'm on the. I think the police are doing a good thing. I think we all think the police." Yeah, are doing I just a good wanted thing. to work out what it was. And, and how... anyway, I, I look forward to speaking to her again. This is an interesting one from Janet. Yes. Says, Last morning, summer, Janet. My father-in-law was refused hotel bookings for him and his 15-year-old granddaughter in London hotels, oh. so he had to stay with friends. It seems that hotels are already alert. Okay. I remember my dad taking my teenage, then teenage sister to Barcelona to watch Manchester United. She was into that stuff, you know. Um, and yeah, that was a bit of a, He felt a bit odd about that, to be honest. And of course, we, listen, I'm, I feel like I have to justify the fact that I'm not on the paedophile side. Of no, course, I'm on that. the side of protecting the children. I just wanted to know how this worked. And, 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 and shout, boy, oh boy, shouting during the interview, I'm the expert. I mean, that never. Wins you any points. Uh, any texts on the, uh, this housing story? Yeah, that loads. About, Trisha? Loads and loads. Uh, David says, what's with the sense of self-entitlement? I want another child, therefore I deserve a bigger house. It's wrong. I thought the benefits were to help people get on their feet, not a career. That's from David. Uh, and Matt in Bedford, my mate's mum died just before Christmas. He's just been given seven days to move out of the family home of 33 years because his name's not on the tenancy agreement. Gosh. 
We've heard of that before, haven't yep, we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the reason we're talking about this is a story we've been talking about all morning. A Stevenage woman has been told a change in the rules means she no longer qualifies for a council house. Trisha Markell, who we spoke to about an hour ago, moved to Stevenage in 2007, but she's been taken off the waiting list because for part of that time she uh, lived in a neighbouring area for 18 months where she was paying uh, a private rent that was being subsidised by the council. Well, as of last week with these changes, she'd have had to have been living in the borough for five years uninterrupted. Well, we can speak to Hertfordshire housing expert, Henry Pryor. Morning, Henry. Good morning to you, Ian. Morning, everyone. Good morning. Now, should we be sympathetic towards Trisha's situation? Why is she losing out here? Well, certainly, um, mindful of your previous interview, Ian. (laughs) I'm praying you don't go off like that, and I promise I won't either. Getting getting the switchboard to light up this morning. I think that clearly, how can one not have sympathy uh, for anybody with that kind of uh, uh, human challenge? But I think that in the real world, uh, when we have to look at what is inevitably a finite supply, Mm. in this case of housing, there have to be some rules... And we, as the electorate, uh, lay, help uh, the, those that we elect to come up with those rules because we don't, with the best will in the world, want to leave it to, to uh, civil servants to um, work out whether Tricia should or shouldn't have somewhere to live. Is now, it fair if these rules, Henry, are, are, are enacted uh, retrospectively? Surely, surely it would be fair if they said, right, we've got a new rule that you have to have lived here for five years, but that rule starts today. Well, unfortunately, when you're bust, there isn't an awful lot of space for what's fair and what's not fair, we face the most extraordinary financial pinch, and Tricia and three million other people who are currently on social housing waiting lists across the country are desperate for somewhere to live, but the rest of us have not made provision for this, and we have, um, I'm afraid, swallowed uh, the suggestions that have come from politicians that somehow we can live beyond our means, and we simply can't. I'm living in Walken, over on the east side of Stevenage, so close to Tricia, but not in the borough, uh, and here there are a, 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 a not surprisingly, a significant number of local residents who are whipping up a storm about a proposal for 97 new homes to be built in the village. Mm. Now, it's going to change the look of Walken, a pretty rural Hertfordshire village. But if you look back in at the 2013 uh, national census, we know that for every person who tragically dies, passes away, there are two new people born. Now, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to work out that as a result, we are going to come under some pressure when it comes to providing homes for people. Now, the good news is that over the next 105 days, we are going to have the undivided attention of a whole heap of people... (laughs) Yeah, that's true, yes. ...who are are going to want to solicit your vote. Now, you can either, as the the electorate, you can can certainly be exercised by Tricia's plight, but at the end of the day, you want to ask them when they come and stand on your doorstep or stop you in in, in in the mile, if that's what we still have, uh, nowadays uh, in, in, in our towns across three counties country and they want to, to solicit your vote ask them what they plan to do about what is not just a national but a local housing You mentioned project. these 90-odd houses that are going to be built. How many of that is going to be social housing? Because that's also part of the problem that private rents, it's a business. Hey, so people charge more and more and more. Is it as simple as we just need a shed load of, of social uh, housing built? Well, since, 20, since uh, uh, this time last year, um, house prices 
generally across the country have risen by 9%, according to the government's barometer on house prices. But first-time buyer prices have risen by 11%. Now, what does that tell us? It tells us that the pressure at the bottom, both for those who want to buy houses and those who want to rent houses, is getting more and more. And if we don't build more houses, which will inevitably uh, compromise people's current living standards, my my friends and and colleagues in Walken are worried about two things. Firstly, the, the view from their house being spoilt, and clearly they don't want the value of their home eroded, mm. which of course, by building new houses, is, is specifically designed to do. We want, but a lot of people want to make them more affordable. How do we do that? Sure, we can look at how we uh, regulate, and we're talking about it in Trisha's case, ironically, should we say to the builder, you've got to make X number of those homes available uh, for those who can't afford either to rent in the private sector or to buy their own home. But the bottom line is, we have a housing crisis, it's no good putting our heads in the sand, and once every five years, as we have this spring, the opportunity to actually do something about it. So let's have a debate. Henry, one final thing. We spoke to a caller earlier on who said, well, it's not fair that people like Tricia don't get um, uh, the the social housing. It's because a load of foreigners come over here and they get the housing. That's not true, is it? I'm afraid that's not true. And funnily enough, ironically, the rules that are in place not just in Stevenage, but across the country for local authorities as to how they divvy up as I say, a finite supply of of, uh, accommodation is designed specifically, as you can imagine, to ensure that those who are nervous, I think unrealistically so, but by and large un- uh, they are nervous of the wrong sort of people stepping up and taking uh, the, 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 this, uh, this finite supply of homes. Uh, I'm afraid it's not sensible to play that particular card when it comes to housing. So the a, pressure a, is bigger. In inverted commas, these, these mysterious foreigners, they would be subject to the same rules they would have to live in the area for five years. Absolutely. And it's one yeah. of the reasons why, we, why the rules exist, because uh, politicians are very, very alive to the fact that there, there is this charge or this perception that they're coming over here and they're taking our houses. Now, the problem, the people that, that need these houses aren't coming flooding through the Channel Tunnel. They're people who have been born and brought up in this country by and large. But the problem is that the previous generation hasn't planned for the future. We've got to change that mindset. Henry, always good to talk to you. And do you know what? I always get a little bit excited when I see Henry on the telly. <laughs> I think I, I know him. Uh, Henry Pryor, uh, uh, local housing expert. Thank you very much. Indeed. It's, good. it's really good to clear up that point about, in inverted commas, foreigners. Because that's the, always the line, as we had it from a call. It's, yeah, she won't get housing because she's white English. All the foreigners that come over here, they jump the queue. Well, no, they don't. They're subject to exactly the same rules. Do you remember when the quote-unquote uh, baddies were the underage teenage mums? Oh, yeah, teenage, teenage mums. Yeah, just I forgot about them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Teenage mums, and uh, then it was gypsies for a while, and then it's uh, Polish, Romanian, oh, it's Pakistanis for a while. Um, and it's it, Romanians now, is it? Is, are they the I bad think guys? It's just, um, just Eastern uh, Europeans in general. Yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad we got that sorted. Uh, Ian's on the line. Morning, Ian. Morning, Ian. How are you doing? I'm all right, thanks. I really need a wee, but go on. What have you got? Uh, I'm not going to kick off. You're right. Just got a little point to make. Blimey, um, okay, yeah. Uh, this, um, somebody mentioned earlier about these landlords putting up the prices, which means that the, the gap between what people pay and the government top up. Um, is more and more, so it's costing all the taxpayers more. Well, I was talking to a colleague of mine earlier on, his um, son is, uh, is living with his girlfriend with my colleague and, and their, their son. Yeah. And she's been in the same job for two years. She was taken on as, a, as an apprentice. And two years down the line, she is still on £3 an hour. And all of us taxpayers... All of us taxpayers yeah. bring that up to £6.70. Right. So we're paying that, and 
that's uh, the, the point I'm making really is a let's sort out the unscrupulous landlords that are making a mess of the housing industry by putting extortionate rates on and, and similarly what about these companies that are getting away with paying meager wages just so the taxpayer tops it all But I guess the thing is, if those co- if that if that um, assistance from the government towards those wages was taken away, then those yeah. companies wouldn't employ anybody. Well, they certainly wouldn't be employing people like this girl that you're talking about, because then they, they, they wouldn't be able to afford or wouldn't want to pay minimum wage, would they? Yeah, I know. I don't know how you sort it out. No, I'm exactly. Just is there anybody else out there that, you know, it's their, their son, daughter, granddaughter's being paid a measly amount and, and we're all paying for the rest of it? Ian, I've got to move on. Thank you very much. 08459 455 555. Let's get some trav, shall we? Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There are still long delays on the M25 anti-clockwise from Junction 22% for Albans to 19 for Watford after an accident involving a car transporter and a fuel spiller just closed a lane. On the M1 towards London, it's looking very slow on the speed sensors between Junction 7 uh, for Hemel Hempstead and the M25 as a result of those problems on the anti-clockwise M25. Northbound on the A1 Great North Road, it's looking very slow from Thamesford towards the Black Cat Roundabout where the roadworks are. And in High Wycombe on the A404, it's looking very busy southbound between the M40, Junction 4 for the High Wycombe Handicross Roundabout, looking at the cameras and the Bisham Roundabout. It's also looking a little bit misty out there, so visibility could be a bit of a problem this morning. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. 8.16. It is uh, Thursday, the 22nd of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Stevenage Borough Council is defending its new housing policy, which has seen some people kicked off the waiting list for not living in the area long enough. Police in Buckinghamshire are launching a training scheme for hotel staff in the county today about what to do if they suspect child sexual exploitation is happening on their premises. And a report says staff at Watford General Hospital failed to follow their own rules, leaving a double-stroke patient in filthy conditions. BBC Three Counties Radio. Every Sunday night from six. Welcome along to the show if you've just joined us. Yasmin Khan. Now, religious and community leaders have taken to the streets of High Wycombe to celebrate the birth of the Prophet Muhammad. Well, it means quite a lot to us yeah. celebrating our Prophet's birthday. Get straight into our discussion this evening. Does the Muslim community need to work harder to win a PR war? It is a kind of PR issue when it comes to the media who mm. seem to be really hungry for these crazy stories. I don't think it's just ignorance about Islam. Yasmin Khan. Last year, the law regarding forced marriage changed. They want to control me. Basically, I was a servant for him and his family. Yasmin Khan, every Sunday night from six on BBC Three Counties Radio. What time do you call this? I'm, so, I'm sorry. Oh, hang on a minute, there we go. I, here I am. There we go, thank Morning. you. Morning. Morning, guys. Morning, JVS. Look at you, I like that grey sweater. Hey, we've got the same look. We've got um, a burgundy little top underneath with a yes, collar yes. and a jersey. It's a classic. It's a classic look. You've gone for a tea underneath as well. You get cold, don't you? You feel I the cold. I get really cold. Yeah. And uh, I don't like being cold. What's happened to that radiator? Have you got it permanently there or is it disappeared? No, the radiator away? is gone. It wasn't pat tested. F- forevermore. Yeah. So I just have to freeze to death during my show. In other BBC places I work, they have um, uh, air conditioning that you can control. Mm. That would be a dream for you, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. When I used to work at um, Talk Sport, Sorry? you came in and you'd adjust and you had your own temperature and lighting settings when did for you the work studio. At, when did you work at Talk Sport? Oh. You're not Adrian Durham, are you? No, no. no? About, okay. uh, 
Oh, years ago. Are you Alan Brazil? <laughs> that's me, yes. Are you? Hang on a minute. Are you Johnny Gold? That's, a, that's me, I'm Johnny Gold. Oh, I used to listen yes, to you to when I was remember, a kid, yeah. Back, back in the day. Wow. Yeah, you press a little button yeah. and you'd set it yeah. and you'd set everything for your desk as well. Wow. So it would all come just the way you wanted it. Isn't that that's lovely? It. Nice, isn't it? Here at the desk, is, and people don't believe this, every time we get someone in the studio, I show them, bits of this desk are actually made of Lego. Yes. It's It's true. It's true. So, you see, you do get value for money from your licence fee because the equipment we work with is rubbish. What have you got on your show today? Coming up on the big phone this morning, we'll talk about this plain cigarette packet. Story. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, very big today. And quite a surprise that the government have suddenly announced to do this just before the election. Mm. I'm going to be asking from Nine, do you think plain cigarette packets will stop people smoking. The government has said it will press ahead with the introduction of unbranded cigarette packaging in England and they'll ask MPs to vote on the issue before the election in May. The packets will be dull brown on the outside, white on the inside. The only text will be the brand name in a standard font and the usual graphic health warnings. Mm -hmm. Well, from nine this morning, I want to know whether you think this will have any effect on people's decision to smoke. Personally, mm. and I know you're a former smoker yourself as well, mm. I think it will have a massive effect. When I, I can tell you now, I went through a stage of smoking Dunhill International. <laughs> Shut up. I only smoked Dunhill International. I thought you were going to say Park Royals, but yes. No, okay. I only smoked Dunhill yeah. International because I thought the packet was gorgeous yep. and I thought it made me look sophisticated. Hey, do you know what? I remember a thing at college, actually. I didn't think I'd been affected by this, but there was, there was a thing for smoking camels because uh, apparently you could see a picture of a man hidden on the camel. And so people would buy camels and get, you know, and look at it. And go, oh. Stare at the picture. Stare at the picture, yeah. It's true. Isn't that funny? Sobrani. You ever smoked a Sobrani? No, mate. I, no, I've never smoked uh, a Sobrani. Uh, oh, they're the multicoloured cigarettes. Oh, flip it. <laughs> do, you remember, do, you, do you remember? No, I've never oh, seen yeah. those. Sometimes at a sophisticated party, I'd buy a packet of Sobrani. To lower the tone. Oh, I was, I was quite the talk of the party. I remember those. And did, remember. didn't you used to be able to get, like, Yves Saint Laurent cigarettes as yes, well? Yes, you could get and Yves Saint Laurent. Oh. It was all, and, and when people say that branding isn't a part of smoking, yeah, they know is. nothing. What were the... Um, there was an American brand that was popular because it was like an American packet where you could shake the cigarette well, out. Like Lucky Strikes. Um, it might yes, have been it Lucky Strikes, Strikes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. St. Moritz. I really... F well, your, your cigarettes have got the, the most I, effeminate I, name. <laughs> I, smoked, I smoked old lady cigarettes, basically. Well, you'd steal them when they weren't looking. Uh, <laughs> Actually, <laughs> yeah. not far wrong. No, that's true. St. Moritz. I'll be honest, I, really, I haven't had a cigarette for over ten years. Ten years next month. I really fancy a fag now. Is that oh, no. Disgusting. Shaggy you, got any, Shaggy, you got any smokes on you, mate? Uh, no. Could you pop down the shop get some Rizzlers? If you start smelling of cigarettes as well, I really will resign. OK. It's disgusting, isn't it? When people... Uh, there aren't very many people here that smoke anymore. Well, there's, there's one or two. But when those that do, they come near you and they oh. kind of... Oh, and you think, oh, it's yeah. disgusting. You smell like a tramp. Yeah, Justin. Well, from nine... From nine <laughs> and, he, and he looks like one. From nine this morning, do you think plain cigarette packets will stop people smoking? I'd like your reaction on 08459455555. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. We I was going to say, should we get some texts before we speak to our next guest about something quite important? Eat in Mark 8. Can I ask where they put refugees? Do they come here and have to wait five years for accommodation? 
Thank you, Pete. Pete and Mark Yate asking a question. Okay, Pete. Uh, Helen and Milton Keynes. I work with a lady who moved from Germany to Milton Keynes after her husband died to live near her cousins. She applied for social housing and was told that as she'd left a house and employment in a safe country, she would not be put on the waiting list even though she had four children. But then she was provided by, with a flat by the council. I'm confused, says Helen. Uh, me too. And Ev says... Hello, Ev. It's not Eastern European people taking all the council housing. It's European people renting lots of housing and pushing up the rent. Supply and demand. The more people want something, the landlords think I'll charge more. If you want somewhere to live, you'll have to pay what I say. Well, it's a, it's a business. You can't cap rent because then the, the, the business will, will, will fall by the wayside. It's a business. But you need to do something to, to make it more affordable for people who can't afford it. And actually, we ran a story about six months ago about the number of private landlords who were refusing to house council tenants anymore because council tenants were being advised to stay on yeah. and be evicted rather than just leave. I'm watching, watching Shaggy. How many, he's, how many headphones has he got on? Shaggy's like Professor Brainstorm. He's got, how many headphones have he got on? Oh, flipping it. Right, here we go. OK, Watford General, a very serious story. Watford General says it's taking action to stop the poor treatment of 76, uh, 76-year-old stroke patient from happening again. The hospital has apologised after admitting staff failed to follow rules, leaving uh, Eric Weatherly in filthy conditions. Uh, we spoke to his daughter earlier on. He was uh, left soiled, he was sent home in soiled clothes and he was sat on a cushion that was covered by a sheet and underneath, well, guess what? It was soiled. Uh, let's speak to Derek Butler, who's chair of the MRSA Action uh, UK. Morning, Derek. Good morning, Ian. I, 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 let me just read you some of the... Um, the, 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 the these are the, uh, this is the action plan that's being put in place as a, as a result of what's happened. Staff must ensure that all equipment used by patients are checked and cleaned daily, especially if they become soiled. That's part of the action plan. That, to me, Derek, sounds like rule one, doesn't it? <laughs> it's above rule one. It's actually in the actual NHS constitution um, that you would be um, given uh, treatment in a clean and safe environment, fit for purpose and based on national best practice. So basically what they're doing is having an inquiry into something that's happened that they should be doing anyway under the NHS constitution. And let's be honest, you would expect treatment in a hospital that is clean um, as a basic right. Uh, you, I'm you, sorry, but the action, I've, I've got the action you, plan You've here, seen the action plan, Derek. Just, pick, just tell us what you think about it. To be perfectly honest with you, um, it's, put, it's got things in, but it's things that, that should be done anyway. There's nothing to say in this action plan, how do they prevent it from happening again? That's the key. It's not about what they're doing. How do they prevent it from happening again to another patient? And there's nothing in the action plan that says that. Um, there's no learning from events, what we call LFA, and there's no what they call STAR event, which is Stop, Think, stop, think Act and Review. <clears throat> it's a system they use in industry where if something goes wrong, they stop, they think, they act on it and review it again to make sure it doesn't happen again. There's nothing in the report. Um, I've looked at the actual root cause analysis, and as far as I'm concerned on the root cause analysis, it's very thorough, but again, it doesn't state in there how do they prevent it from happening. And one of the things that concerned me when I was looking at Laura's story earlier on, there was a mention of a blanket. Her dad was asked for a blanket because he was cold, mm. and it was the attitude of the staff. Now, if the staff don't have their attitude right, they're never going to get anything else right. They have to have that attitude where the patient comes first. 
How are we doing in the fight against MRSA, Derek? The last I heard, we were kind of winning. Is that still the case? Um, Yeah, we are in a sense. We're a lot better than we were, say, seven, eight years ago. Yeah. Um, But there are still a lot of unreported MRSA cases. And colonisation is a problem. A lot of people are colonised with MRSA as a bacteria on the skin. We all carry bacteria as a, a thing in nature, but MRSA happens to be quite prevalent in the community. So a lot of people are carrying it on the skin and don't know. So when they're told they've got MRSA, a lot of people think they're infected and they're not, they're colonised. Uh, just remind us, Derek, why this is so important to you. It's important for me because I've lost three family members to MRSA. Um, so I know how devastating it can be when a person's not given the appropriate treatment. But I've also seen the better side of the NHS with my father, who's now 93 last week. Oh, blimey. Happy and birthday, him. He got a bad E. coli infection four years ago, and he was given a less than a 5% chance of surviving. But the staff were absolutely brilliant. He was kept in a lovely, clean environment. He kept us fully informed of his treatments, which is this is part of the action plan they should be doing with Laura's family and any other patients. But it was just the way the staff went about their business. It was excellent. And he's now fully recovered, living an independent life at 93. And to be honest with you, Ian, he's a pain. <laughs> he's he's going to hang on until he gets that telegram, isn't he? Well, I've told him when he does, Ian. If he, if he lives any longer than that, I'm going to have to have a word with someone. <laughs> Derek, listen, happy birthday to your dad and well done. Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate your time this morning. No problem, man. There we go. Derek Butler, chair of uh, MRSA Action UK. 93-year-old dad, flipping heck. A lot of uh, talk of old people this morning, isn't there? Um, Let's just redress the balance a little bit. Um, Kevin didn't like the way I handled that interview earlier on. Sorry, and you could have handled that better. There's time to listen and challenge constructively, sensitively. You came across as being in disagree. I know more than you, Mode, and a bit arrogant. Constructive criticism. Well, I disagree with you, uh, Kevin, but I appreciate you you making your point. Thank Tracine you. Tracy Stevenage on the text disagrees. She said, a paedophile is someone sexually attracted to underage youngsters. They can be your dad, brother, sister, uncle, aunt, mum, etc. And often child abusers are family members. A paedophile may not have committed a crime. I'm attracted to some men. It doesn't mean I've been unfaithful to my husband. It's one thing to have feelings. It's an- another to act on them. I have no idea what signs a hotel receptionist would be expected to look out for, but it'd be interesting to sit on one of the courses to find uh, well, out. Wouldn't it just... And I, I, You know, hey, listen, if this save, saves one kid getting abused... Fantastic, fantastic, of course. Um, I'm just curious as to, to what they know. And I, yeah, I would be upset if I got, you know, if I took my three year old to a hotel and people thought I was a paedophile. I'd be upset if, you know, if, if my, my, my father in law took one of the boys to a hotel and got a knock on the door. But then again, if the worst thing that can happen to you is that you're offended, is it a chance worth taking? I'm thinking about it, and I will. Uh, that w- will require perhaps more th- more thinking time than we've got in this show. But uh, yes, point taken. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There's a lane closed on the M25 anti-clockwise at just after Junction 19 for Watford because of an accident and a fuel spillage, and that's still causing queues from Junction 22 for St Albans. In Hemel Hempstead on the A41 southbound from the Hemel Hempstead turn-off towards the M25, it's looking very busy on the speed sensors, and in Chesant as well on the A10 southbound, it's very slow from the New River Trading Estate towards the M25 around Junction 25 for Enfield. In High Wycombe on the A404 southbound, it's very busy between Junction 4 for the High Wycombe Handicross roundabout and the Bisham roundabout. And in uh, on the A40 Western Avenue, it's looking very slow from the Denham roundabout uh, towards the Hangar Lane Gyratory heading past Uxbridge. Samantha Brough, BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Steve Nitchborough Council is defending its new housing policy, which has seen some people kicked off the waiting list for not living in the area long enough. Police in Buckinghamshire are launching a training scheme for hotel staff in the county today about what to do if they suspect child sexual exploitation is happening on their premises. It's emerged that the Milton Keynes taxi row, which led to the resignation of the mayor, started when a driver exposed one of his colleagues as a rapist after his own licence had been suspended. And the government has set out a timetable for introducing plain packaging for cigarettes. MPs will be asked to approve regulations before the general election. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. A late penalty from Andros Townsend gave Tottenham a 1-0 win over Sheffield United in the first leg of their League Cup semi-final at White Hart Lane. The Sheffield boss Nigel Clough is now looking forward to next week's second leg. 4,000 Blades fans tonight, you hear the noise that they make. Incredible uh, support for us again tonight and there's going to be hopefully 24,000 of them next week. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. The key will be not conceding the goal, uh, staying the tie as long as possible and at 1-0 we just need that one goal. Watford are still just seven points off the top of the championship after leaders Bournemouth lost on Tuesday. Last night it was the turn of third place Ipswich to miss out as they went down 3-2 at Brighton. The updated annual list of the world's 40 highest earning football clubs includes for the first time all 20 sides playing in the Premier League last season. More from Andy Swiss. The study provides one of the starkest illustrations yet of the Premier League's wealth. Of the world's 10 highest earning teams last season, five are English, Manchester United United, Manchester City, Chelsea, Arsenal and Liverpool. And the top 40 includes all 20 Premier League clubs. Deloitte say it's the result of a new £3 billion TV deal, which means the team finishing bottom of the table, as Cardiff City did last year, receives more in broadcast revenue than the champions did in 2013. And at the Australian Open tennis, number one seed Novak Djokovic and defending champion Stan Wawrinka are both through to the third round after straight sets wins. BBC Three Counties News and Sport, the next full bulletin is at nine. What a great idea! A shoe built on blocks. I'll call them blocker boots. We'll sell a million. What are we talking about this morning? We're talking about um, the sense of entitlement uh, to a council house, some people are alleging. Um, we've got a number of texts on this one as well. Yeah, we spoke to... Uh, let me just get the ladies' names. I can't. Trisha Markle. Trisha Markle, who, um, due to changes in the rules in Stevenage housing policy, she is no longer entitled to uh, a place because she, you have to have lived there for five years and she moved out for a little bit. Uh, and then when we spoke to her, we found, well, there's a little bit more to her story, that she works a bit, she's been affording to pay pi- private rent. She doesn't want to move out of Stevenage because, A, I think she works there. 
and B, because she's got a 17-year-old son who goes to college there and has a girlfriend mm-hmm. there. Uh, and so we're talking ex- entitlement there. We'll, we'll, we'll look at those texts in a second. We've also been asking, ever lied about your age? Um, oh, blimey, what else? There's loads of stuff. And uh, things other people's kids do that get on your nerves. Things other people's kids do that get, do, that get on your nerves. We've also talked... We've, we've did, all, all, there's a mystery still about uh, Maxwell, Rupert Robert Maxwell, about what happened to him. Well, yeah, I don't think we're going to sort that out in the next 25 minutes. You never know. You never know. Give us some texts. Okay, so we've got this one. Uh, More people are working now, but more people are earning less. The hogwash about people's wages going up is tosh. The stories about living standards uh, increasing is rubbish. There's an election coming up. Why are we have the... Hang on. Guys. Why are we have the Archbishop of Canterbury chipping in saying people are, pay people a living wage and not a minimum wage, says Tony. I don't understand that, Tony. Uh, and but thank you. Uh, Great contribution. <laughs> what poorly made. Council and social housing, says Tracy. There's not enough. Most of Stevenage oh. was built as a social housing to clear the slums of London. Many of those houses are now privately owned and often rented privately. As they were sold, they weren't replaced. The waiting list for housing is now ridiculously long, as summed up the le- by the lady on the list since 2007 and still not housed, said Tracy. Sorry, I'm getting, I'm distracted. I'm getting angry because I'm looking at this list of uh, national television award winners again. <laughs> I cannot believe they have made up. Get this, just Some of the categories are made for this. certain people. They've aren't they? made categories up. Skills, best skills challenge show. You're right. It should have been the Cube because that's proper skills. The mm. Great British Bake Off. I call it something else in my house. <laughs> what, a, what a load of old rubbish. It, it is, and the one which really got me was best like judge David Walliams. He doesn't judge anything. The best He's there judge. For a laugh. Best judge David Walliams. Uh, factual. Gogglebox. <laughs> Come on, guys. There have been uh. some great documentaries and undercover work recent. Factual. Gogglebox. Oh, uh, the best talent show is The X Factor. <sighs> best comedy is Mrs. Brown's Boys. Best comedy. Oh, I'm the expert, good. Mrs. Brown's boys! <laughs> Flip it, heck! <laughs> Have you ever watched Brit Mrs. Brown's boys? No! Me neither. <laughs> Who's voting? So it then? might be really, really good, actually. We just we, we did that with Splash, so let's not uh, make the same mistake. Yes. Splash uh, was great when they were bringing oh, that back. Oh, wonderful. Splash was flipping brilliant. I know it annoyed people who'd paid for a membership of a plush <laughs> uh, swimming pool, but Tough. still, I mean, it was great diving. Catherine, what's this story about. Uh, um, oh, look, Paul Dananas retweeted me. That doesn't happen very often, does it? It's a great guy. Paul Dunan has retweeted yeah. me. There we go. Um, this story about uh, um, the, the, uh, children um, and the woman who got done for okay. chucking water on them. The, what happened? It sounds as if there'd been beef between the neighbours for some time. Yeah. And it was all centred around a trampoline that was uh, near to nearer to one person's house than the other. Well, that's how it. That's what the uh, pawn in the chess game became. Yeah. So um, this woman threw some water out of her top window. It hit the four children who were having a bounce and probably a good old scream and shout on on the uh, trampoline. That's what kids do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's ended up being taken to court. She says. Really, she was just throwing the cat's water out. Just happened to hit the children. Judge didn't believe it. I have cat's water in the upstairs bathroom. She prefers to drink it there. You're not supposed to put it next to the food. For some reason, they won't drink it. And when I empty that bowl, I pour it down the sink, not out of the window. In the direction of your neighbour's kids. would be insania. Anyway, she got fed up of the kids making noise, apparently, and uh, she took drastic measures not to be advised. You've taken this to the streets, Just, dealing with kids. Uh, I'm in Radlett this morning. Yes, yes, yes. you like Radlett. I do. It's a yeah. it's a small town 
with a big attitude. Uh, so, the you, so you've been asking this morning, uh, how do you deal with noisy kids? Um, I've taken this one to the streets. Uh, the first guy, I love him. Here's what people had to say. Adam, how would you deal with noisy kids as neighbours that were driving you round the bend? How would you deal with them? I'd go round and, and speak to the parents or I'd go round and tell them to shut up myself. You know, you, you, you can't... It's too much indiscipline these days with young people. Okay, what they if they didn't murder? What if they didn't shut up? What if they carried on? Then what? Um, well, I suppose they contact the council, maybe, uh, or the police. I don't know. Would you get a bucket of water and throw it over the kids in the garden? Come on, be honest. You seem like the sort of bloke that wouldn't take any nonsense. If if I knew, if I'd known the kids for a while, uh, and this was just. Uh, a random occasion, yeah, maybe I would do that. But I wouldn't do it if I didn't know the children. I think that's a bit over the top, you know. But if you've been living next door for, what, a couple of months, two months, is that enough? Yeah, maybe, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think we'll leave it there. OK, John, so you've been in this situation before. Okay. You've got noisy kids living next door that are driving you mad. OK. What did you do to try and sort that situation out? How did you deal with it? You just go around and, and explain the situation. And just say, look, we've got to live here, we've got to live alongside each other, you know, respect each other. Simple. Now, when you did that, did it work? Uh, not straight away, but you had to have patience. How long did it take? <laughs> as long as your patience lasts, I suppose, mate, and then if that don't work, then you go, you report it to the council or the police, don't you? I mean, what do you think about this lady who has been convicted for throwing water over the children next door? I didn't know that had happened. What do you think about that, though? Would you do that yourself? Uh, no. No, uh, that's abuse, isn't it? So she's got what she deserves, a conviction. Uh, well, that's not for me. I'm not a judge, am I? You, you've got an opinion, though. No, but I'm not a judge, and it's not. You for have me. an opinion. I have an opinion, but I'm not a judge. So, so what's the opinion? Uh, my from opinion you? is is that you shouldn't throw water <laughs> over kids. We got there in the end. I have patience then. Thank you. <laughs> Take care. Have a good day. God bless. The opinion is you shouldn't mm. throw water over kids. I know what the problem is with this. Yeah, go on. We're not used to each other anymore. Sorry? Because kids don't play in the street. They don't know that they've got to consider everyone else. And we're I not once used to got them. told off by Nadine's granddad yeah. on Monksfield Way and the Britwell because I was on the pavement outside his house trying to fix my kite. And he came out and he went, Oi! Play outside your own house. Move it! Yeah. And I, I, I did, I moved eight doors down. I was trying to fix a kite. I was seven. We've all had that one, move outside your own house. I've also been told off for chalking outside my own house. Well... I hope that's going to come off. Yeah, it's chalk. Well, the chalking thing I can kind of understand. Well, it's chalk! Yeah, but it does stay for a long time. But it's Sorry. chalk. It, yeah, but it stays... Well, chalk out, you actually do chalk outside your own house. But what right do you have? It's a, it's a pavement. You don't have oh, the right... Flip, you listen, have the right up how long have we got front? a part with bloody Pinko over there, for goodness <laughs> sake? The other the thing I got done for, and rightly so, was hitting a ball, you know, the tennis racket ball thing, against someone else's house. Yeah. Now, I didn't know as a kid that you could hear it inside, didn't realise there was yep. any harm to it. The, the neighbour put me right, and quite rightly so. You learn to modify your behaviour. But because kids yeah. are kept in until they're released into the wild at 14, and then the mum doesn't see them all day... So let me get this right, Shags, right? <laughs> Sorry. You're giving out council houses 
to everyone. Yeah. <laughs> you're encouraging your uh, fictional daughters to become uh, topless models. Yeah, why not? And now you want the, the youth of Beds, Hearts and Bucks to get their chalk out and draw graffiti all over the pavement. Well, I'm not wow. saying what I'm Flipping saying. Flipping Go and live in Russia, mate. <laughs> Go and live in... Ru- Can you believe this, Just? It's just shocking. Absolutely shocking. I wasn't even drawing the thing that most kids draw when they yeah. get to about 12. I was <laughs> doing, like, rainbows and stuff. Go back to Russia, Shaggy, for goodness sake. Yeah. So well, you can have a little bit of this <laughs> anytime you want. This is what you want. You want us to play this at the top of every hour. <laughs> Salute the flag and then chow down on a nice bit of goulash. From yeah, the goulash. Shaggy. Yeah, sounds good. F- unbelievable. Justin. Yeah. Well, look, when is Kelly coming back? Uh, Kelly, I believe, is back on Monday. Oh, flipping. Actually, we've got to part with this, this pinko nonsense for another day, have we? Sorry. Ask him about his sausages. Well, tell me about your your, uh, your communist sausages. Uh, you don't want to know about my sausages. Come on, comrade, tell me about your Come sausages. On. He's not a comrade when it comes to divvying out the breakfast first thing in the morning. All property is theft. You've stolen two pano chocolates from us. Uh, he sat there <laughs> chomping on a pano chocolate. Share the wealth, comrade. I've Come got one on. In my pocket. How, you can have one. Also, you how bourgeois a pano chocolate. Look at that, yeah. <laughs> People um, like you, should you, be Shaggy. Eating, you should be eating People cold like you. gravel. You make me sick. <laughs> it makes me sick. Every single morning, Justin. Yep. Tell me about your sausages, Shags. What's going on? Uh, no, What's the beef with I, the sauce? I'll show you a picture of my, my sausage. Flipping it. <laughs> Deviance over there. We'll stop that. We'll have none of that. That's outrageous <laughs> behaviour. Uh, Justin, what's up? You, you, uh, what's happening on your show on Saturday? Yes, we're on Thursday, aren't we? What's, what's going on on Saturday, uh, mate? The, the show on Saturday is going to be the UK and American charts from this weekend in 1969. Uh, two for the price of one this week. Yep. Boss, do you know what? I salute you. Thank you, sir. You are a genius. Yeah, so it's about time I was recognised. Yeah. <laughs> I know people have been saying it since cats do the funniest things on Channel 5, but yeah. it's about time my, my colleagues here recognise my genie. I, oh. Sorry. Yes, go on. Tell, tell, uh, tell just, Catherine why. This is good. OK. Uh, my vote this week. Yep. Who would you like to hear two songs in a row from? Buddy Holly and the Crickets. No. Yep. Crickets. Or Adam and the Ants. Adam and the Ants. Now, it's good question. now. So that was my idea. But Justin, has ta- this, this is where I think Justin is a genius. He's taken that idea, and it's a bloody good idea. Mm, and he's right. run with it. He's run like a flipping lunatic. He's l- run like the fella who ran... Um, with for Christie. He's, he's run like Linford Christie. He's run like um, um, Ben Johnson when he was on drugs. <laughs> That's how fast he's run with this and how far he's run with this idea. He only run 100 metres. Anyway, so what have you done with this, Justin? Yes, I, I've been in contact with, with some local insect experts. Some wow. insect uh, experts, Insect experts. Insect experts. Yep. And uh, tomorrow, I'm going to be live in Dunstable, around 11 o'clock, I would say, yep. on the streets, yep. with live ants yep. and live crickets... Yep. And a camera crew, yep. and we are going large. Yeah, he is going, he's going large, and he is going to eat those creatures. Is that right, Justin? Have I got uh, that right? No. Oh. No. You're going to race those creatures. Is that right? Uh, no. Oh. Uh, Suddenly, gonna... not, not, not quite as good as an idea as I thought you're it was. Gonna oh, them? Are you going to ride the creatures? Look, can I explain? Are you going to get a shrinking machine so that you can ride yeah, um, yeah. a cricket? That'd be good. Dunstable. It's the home. Of the Vauxhall Nova lowered suspension. Okay? That then means oh. there's a lot of potential tough guys who live in Dunstable. Got no idea what he was banging on about at the end of that! You keep on out for Justin and his crickets. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
There are hour-long delays on the M25 anti-clockwise between Junction 22 for St Albans and 19 for Watford because lanes closed for a fuel spillage after the accident earlier. Clockwise, it's starting to look very slow as well between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 19 for Watford with people slowing down to look. And the M1 towards London from Junction 7 for Hemel Hempstead towards Junction 6A for the M25 also very slow as a result. On the A40 Western Avenue, there are long delays from the Denham roundabout to the Hangar Lane gyratory. And in Wendover, it's looking very busy because of some roadworks on Ellsborough Road. It's causing extra queues on London Road in both directions and on the A413 between La- Nashley Road and London Road. On the trains, Virgin have 25-minute delays between uh, Litchfield, Trent Valley and London because a train's broken down. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Samantha. Right, it's 8.45. It's Thursday, the 22nd of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Police in Buckinghamshire are launching a training scheme for hotel staff in the county today to combat potential child sexual exploitation on their premises. It's emerged that the Milton Keynes taxi row, which led to the resignation of the mayor, started when a driver exposed one of his colleagues as a rapist in protest after his own licence had been suspended. And Stevenage Borough Council is defending its new housing policy after a single mum from the town was told she no longer qualifies for a council house. 08459 555. Let's get the weather. Here's Georgina. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello there, a frosty start to the day with some fog patches as well. A bit of a mixture really, we have got some sunny spells but uh, there'll be some stubborn cloud around in certain spots. Temperatures reaching about 4 degrees Celsius, best chance of that sunshine is in the afternoon by the way. And tonight we've got clear spells, a frost again is likely with lows of minus 3 or 4 degrees. And tomorrow a cold day once more, dry and bright though come the afternoon it does start to cloud over from the west with highs of 4 degrees Celsius. Got some light patchy rain tomorrow night. It's looking dry and bright on Saturday, cloudier on Sunday with some bright spells on Monday with those temperatures gradually rising. That's your latest forecast. Shrink Wrapped on BBC Three Counties Radio. We thought let's debunk and demystify mental health and disability. Dr Chetna Kang. We hope to educate about illnesses, health problems, issues that they might not have heard of but may come across at some point in their life. Shrink Wrapped. Really about taking real stories to real people in a language that they'll understand. Every Sunday from one. The programme is for anyone and everyone regardless of your age, regardless of whether you're healthy or unwell. Even if you don't know anyone with any of the issues that we discuss or don't have any of them yourself, it makes for really interesting listening. Shrink Wrapped on BBC Three Counties Radio. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Some social commentary. Yeah, oh yeah. Monty in Bedford. Morning, Monty. In my days, if an elder or neighbour told me off while I was out playing, my parents would thank them. Nowadays... Get arrested. <laughs> yeah, well... There's telling off and there's chucking water over him. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. My uh, neighbour's kids play in the street. Yeah. She sits outside and watches them. Yeah. I think that's great. Yeah. I can understand why people get wound up by other people's kids playing loudly. They're annoying, aren't they, kids, really? Even well, they your, are annoying, your kids are annoying. Mine was very annoying One yesterday. of my kids is annoying. Mm. Um, One was good, the other was annoying. I think they pass a bat on. Yeah, I think that's the way. The youngest would not stop jumping on my plums, though. And it was his birthday, third birthday. Honestly, just leave them alone. 
Um, it, it, uh, they got like a little sort of indoor tent in the shape of a space rocket. Nice. Uh, well, yeah, tiny. Obviously, they're, they're tiny kids. Mm-hmm. But so my youngest insisted I go in there with him, yeah. and it was insufferably hot. Mm-hmm. It was very, very cramped. They start to smell very quickly as well. Yeah, and it, we had to watch um, uh, Peter Rabbit through the tiny mesh window, and I'm just thinking, flip. Can I? Can I get? No, Daddy, you can't. And I got out after 15 minutes, sweating. And he, he went mental. This is why we should have had children when we were, like, teenagers. We, were, we weren't together, Catherine. No, no, I'm really we sorry. Should have, we should have had t- children when we were teenagers and still thought tents were fun. Yeah, I suppose so. I'm at the age now where I, I'm a bit old for it all. Tents and that. Stop it. Dave! Good morning. Chuck a boss. bucket of water over you. Yes, Dave? Excuse me? Pardon? Give it a try any time, pal. You'd love to. <laughs> yeah. Da, 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 da. That's the cat's daughter. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Kath. Yeah. I'm switching my mic off. I literally can't be bothered to talk oh, to you. Oh, God. What? I bet you'll have a play with kids in tents yeah. and, and, you know, be fun. You're yeah, a granddad, love, aren't you? I love kids. I'll tell you that now. Because you carry, you have tigers in your car for the kids, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, the play good. with on the back. Don't you ever get a bit fed up and think, oh, do you know what, grow up? No, no. Who, who me? Yeah, or the kids. The kids. No, no, good at all. I love them playing. I'll oh. take them all down to the park on a Sunday. Do they play out in front of your house, Dave? No, no, we haven't got no children up, young children up here no more. Shame. Can I just yeah. say, can um, I just say, excuse me, good. excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse I'm me, I'm talking. Can I just say, yes. uh, someone has made um, an excellent point. Uh, where the hell is it? Hang on a second. Oh, yeah. Rob says on Twitter, throwing waters, o- throwing water over kids is like... It's like killing a bee with a bazooka. Good point, well made. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm glad that one's uh, entering the mainstream. Right. Dave, get to the point, mate. Well, I am. Are you, are you interrupting the game? Just, so get to the, just get to the point, mate. What are the tigers right. called, by the way, Dave? Pardon? Your tigers in your car, what are they called? Oh, I haven't got a name for them. You want to work one out? Yeah, I will do. Go on. Go on, Dave, right. work one out. Right, smoking... Again, plain packets. Oh, for goodness sake. That, we're not talking about that. Oh, yeah, that's what I come on the radio yeah, for. No, okay. well, you, well, then you need to call back in nine minutes when Jonathan's on. And uh, let, me, let me tell you, Jonathan's show has got standards. So the prospect of you getting on is very, very slim. I've been on Jonathan's show. Yeah, well, how long ago? Oh, well, when I talk to you in the morning, they won't have me on in the Jonathan that's, show. That's the reason uh, they give, is it? <laughs> that's the yeah. reason they give, because you've been on my show. All right, well, I don't mind being the excuse, but no, I no, think no. there is another reason. Can I, can I just ask a question? If it's about what? cigarettes in plain packaging, don't, because we're not talking about it. No, well, I am. Well, yeah, but we're not. Yeah, well, that's why I come on the radio, and that's why it cost me money to come in on the radio. Yeah, we've called you back. Go on, Dave, ask the question. Yeah, right. But I'm not going to answer it, and I forbid what? you both from answering it. You're not the right. best of me. Catherine. Yeah. I am. This smoking business. Oh, my why, knee. Why isn't the government doing it on wine, spirits, beers, alcohol, Because you cider? don't smoke alcohol, you massive plum. No, no. Why aren't they covering up these drinks? Because um, the paper... Because then you wouldn't know whether you were drinking absinthe or vermouth <laughs> or hell would break That would make parties a bit more fun, wouldn't it? Excuse me. Yes, boss. Parties like that. The headlines in the Sun paper last year was Booze puts 10 million people mm. in hospital. It's just... And it's costing the National Health Service 3 point one, one, one thing at a time, no, you Dave. you don't want to talk about it because you drink, don't you? No, I don't. I haven't had a drink for 10 years. I do. Oh, well, I love it. Hello. Well, <laughs> hello. 
these MPs and these ministers all drink and they don't want to do anything. Well, lots of them smoke. Nick Clegg smokes. Well, all right. Well, what's your harm? What's your harm? First of all, A, that doesn't mean anything. What's the harm in smoking a dry booze? Oh, what, oh, Kath, I just, you, do it, you deal with him. I can't be bothered. Okay, well, there, there's also... <laughs> Go on, you, also do some, the, you do some radio practice. There's Go also on. the point that if you're smoking a cigarette, it's not just you harming yourself. If you're drinking uh, loads of booze and too much booze, it is just you harming yourself. No, no, physically, no, no, not psychologically. No, of course, no. there are impacts on other people. No, but if you're smoking yes. fags, you're also no, infecting Kath, everyone else, Kath, aren't you? Kath, yes, Dave. if you get too drunk on any booze, <laughs> you start lashing out and start hurting people. What do you know? They end up in hospital. Well, oh, I, I don't lash out. I just get really she, sleepy. Oh, yeah, it's Ben's, it's Ben's a sleepy uh, boozer, and Catherine is a, is a chatty alcoholic. Oh, here we go. Da, 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 da. You're doing it yourself. I'm not doing it. I'm really bored. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say bye bye now, Dave. Ta ra. I'm bored. Yeah, okay. If 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 we it wasn't for cheap booze, I wouldn't be married now. <laughs> if it wasn't for cheap booze, I wouldn't have two kids. Exactly. So. I don't know what the I don't know what the summary is about. I, I, I love the fact that um, uh, Tim and Laura and uh, JVS's team say to Dave, "Well, no, you can't come on Jonathan's show because you've been on Ian's show." All right, I don't mind being used as the excuse. <laughs> when I think we all know the real reason. Yeah, we've got standards. Uh, Jonathan's got standards. Unlike the breakfast show, he'll take anybody on, so you can't come on, Dave. Oh, I like Dave though. Oh In no. In a funny sort of way. No. Oh, he's a funny thing. No. Hey, here's a. Good, I meant. To, this was the thing I meant to send Justin out on. Go on. This Martin Lewis... time, we've got five minutes. This Martin Lewis story. You've seen this? He's yeah. the moneysavingexpert.com. Yeah. I, I know why he's so well off. I saw him in an airport in Japan, and he was getting the, this woman he was with to buy everything on her credit card. He, honestly, he was, buying, he was getting all this stuff, and he said to her, could you, uh, could you put this on your credit card? That's why he's... That, that's money-saving expert. Did he give her advice as to why that might be the best option? Consumer champion Martin Lewis... He talks too fast. I find him a little bit dismissive. But that might just be an unfortunate manner. Oh, if you look at the picture of him in uh, the Daily Mail, if you look at the uh, cut of his trousers, you can, you can see why he's got such a beautiful wife. Consumer champion Martin Lewis has revealed how he was the victim of commuter rage on his way to work now. <laughs> Big personality. The 42-year-old moneysavingexpert.com... It always amuses me to say the dot-com at the end. I don't know. Managed to incur the wrath of another man by texting on his mobile phone as he walked in the street. Oh. But multi-millionaire Lewis claimed... Basically, he was texting, and a fella bumped into him. Gives a better description in the other paper. Fella bumped into him and went, watch where you're going. Did he say, I'm walking here? Lewis turned around and said, oi, fella. And then the fella came up and grabbed his jacket and um, mm. said... Uh, he, uh, he turned around, grabbed me at the neck by my coat, shoved me hard and said... <laughs> back to to the trousers and said getting in my face don't text while you walk you twit you should get out of the flipping way oh lewis replied you've just assaulted me oh i get money off tesco's for that (laughs) he said no i haven't i just called you a twit now, I've had a fella in Oxford Street walk into me. Cause he I had barged my, on purpose, didn't he? He barged. He did the... Vroom, he did the, the whole thing. And uh, my phone went up in the air, and I, I caught it. And I turned around and went... And I was the one that was using indoor language outdoors to that gentleman. Mm, inappropriate. And I did the... When he got far enough away that I knew I could outrun him, I yeah. also did the open arms and the... Oh, yeah! Please don't turn around! Please don't turn around! Yeah, did the... Oh, yeah! Come hither! 
Give them the come hit their fingers. <laughs> I was tickling so two dis- ponies. Yeah, that's what I was doing. <laughs> come hither, come hither. If thou wants some. Did you do the? Did you do the nodding face? Yeah, did the nod, tickling of the ponies. Come hither. If thou wants some. Women don't do that, do they? But this fellow's got a point. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen. I've seen. I've, I've seen that. He. <laughs> Anyway. No one screams, leave it, Sharon, she ain't worth it, do they? <laughs> but uh, 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 it's these it's idiots. That, that, yeah. Didn't we have, did we have, was it on this show? Or was it in another radio show? Where we, we had the caller <laughs> who said that he often deliberately stands in the street so that when he sees a texter walking towards him, he'll stand still. Yeah, why would you so do the that? texter, I thought, I'm, I'm sure it was on this, not absolute, I'm sure he did it. And his girlfriend. <laughs> His girlfriend would often say, oh, you're in one of those moods. Right, I'll meet you in Costa in an hour. I'm off to do some shopping. And he'd make a point of just standing in the way of people who were texting so they'd walk into him. It is one of the most annoying things. The other annoying thing, and I see this a lot more in Luton, uh, sorry, more in London, people reading books as they're walking along. Really? Reading a book as they are walking. You'd like this, wouldn't you, Pinky? I've I've done that. There's always time to squeeze in a good book, but not when you're not when you're um, walking down the street. Okay. Do you know what I also can't abide? Go on. Um, sudden stops by low people. Yeah. So if it's a small person or you know sometimes an elderly person, shags. They always do it so that they take you out of the yeah. solar plexus. Shags. What book is so good that you you cannot stop? From? I was I was about 13, yeah. 14 maybe. We were on holiday and I I got into Robin Hood is one of my favourite books and uh, so I was reading it Robin and Hood. we were having to walk around on holiday. So my dad just grabbed the top of my head and would direct me as to where we were going. Wow. While I was you in surprised the book. me. I thought it would be Chairman Mao's red book. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 anti-clockwise, there is an hour-long queue between Junction 22 for St Albans and 19 for Watford because the lanes closed for a fuel splitch after an accident earlier at Junction 19 for Watford. On the M25, clockwise is looking very slow from Junction 17 for Maple Cross to 19 for Watford with people slowing down to look at the accident. And the A1M southbound is looking very slow on the cameras between Junction 9 for Letchworth and 7 for Stevenage. In Wendover, it's very busy because of the closure of Ellsborough Road. It's causing queues on London Road in both directions between Hale Road and Church lane, also causing it to be very slow on the A413. The A40 London Road in High Wycombe is very busy in both directions and on the trains. Virgin have 25 minute delays because the train's broken down at Litchfield, Trent Valley. Samantha Brough, BBC Three Counties Radio. Samantha, thank you. I've been reminded by Matt Allwright of all people that tomorrow between half past seven and eight o'clock, I always forget to trail it at the wrong time so if no one turns up it's my fault. Between half past seven and eight o'clock tomorrow morning if you turn up at BBC Three Counties Radio, Hastings Street, Luton you can come and sit in the studio with me and Catherine. You don't need a talent. You don't need to... Just turn up, bring the kids, bring the dog, bring whatever you want. Thank you, Shaggy. Thank you, Justin, Scoins, Catherine. Back tomorrow at six. Until then, from us, ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JVS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Thursday. It's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in, do you think plain cigarette packets will stop people smoking? The government has said it'll press ahead.